0: So I think on that note, fun, fully intended, we should get started. Welcome to the third episode of Music and Weights podcast. We are here with Caroline Hewitt and Lucas Meacham. We're going to talk yes. about it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, First
1: words, today. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Lucas? You've seen it, man. Just enjoying your little
0: pied-à-terre here in the Greenwich Village. Dude, it's She's very nice. Quite
1: cute, I have to say.
0: I think that the plant really makes it. So we have this uh I set the scene for you. It's okay. got a we got a lot of natural not of natural light, some rugs, many rugs. There are a lot of rugs. Caroline is sitting
2: modern furniture cross
0: legged, and, yeah. and there's a big old plant, and I feel Which like Which is the centerpiece of the entire place, really. Yeah. And it's grown into this sort
1: of Oh my god, actually, never mind. I'm not gonna say
2: that
1: uh, What it's almost <laughs>
2: It's
0: like <laughs> it's like an Egyptian, it's like it's evoking yeah. of, of it's
2: like an, a 3D version of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's walking like an Egyptian currently. Yeah. yeah.
0: So here we are. Opera. Opera. Yeah, opera's good. Sorry. Life is good. <laughs> What's the you you're doing you're working at the Met again. I am. You're covering and you're performing. Yes. What are you doing right now? Uh, I'm, I'm currently in Iolanta, and I'm singing the role of Robert, and
1: god, my voice is low, you can tell this is happening early in the morning-ish, uh, <laughs> for I some mean, of us. It's, re- it's relative, it's, it's relative. It's, re- it's relative, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm singing Robert in Iolanta, which has the best aria in the whole show, and I don't think that's arguable. <laughs> However, the duet between the soprano and the tenor is also pretty badass as well. And, by the way, cussing? Is that okay? Cussing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it classy. So, uh, fuck yeah. With fr- a British accent. Or
0: frick yes. Frick yes. Frick um, yes. Anyway, yeah, it's going great. Yeah, I've no. seen there's a uh, couple of videos of you crushing Robert's aria. Like one, yeah. of, the, one of the concert or, uh, like concert performance in the park or Yeah, the,
1: uh, the San Francisco opera in the park thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm really close with this piece. I've actually done it before. I toured yeah. it. With uh, Anna Trebko and Sergei Skorohodov, the tenor, Emmanuel Bion, conducting. And the bass that's doing the King Rene part, he's here, he's Vitali, And uh, I always get his last name wrong, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, Vitali, But Vitali, my yeah. buddy Vitaly. And uh, anyway, yeah, we recorded it with Deutsche Grammophon, actually. So it's, uh, it's pretty You're awesome. You're the only non-Russian in that cast. That's a good question. Uh, well, Sonia Dosteva, she's Bulgarian. Okay. And uh Sonia, but she speaks a little Russian.
0: You're the only non native uh or non Russian as your first or second language speaker.
1: Gosh, I'm running through it right now. Yeah, for the for the for the bigger roles I think yes, that's true. That's awesome. I'm honored. Yeah. I'm truly honored. But I am singing one performance. Alright, so I just recently wrote a blog about covering. But a lot of times at the Met when you take on like a cover role, it's this thing that can become these what 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 It's called in the business golden handcuffs, which means they pay a lot of money for you to cover. But if you only cover at the Met, they only see you as a cover. So you don't want to get sort of locked in to just covering at the Met. So because I sang La Boheme there, this was sort of an extension of that. Right And so, you know, I sang all the Marcellos and i agreed to cover Iolanta as well and perform one performance of Robert on Valentine's Day. What a great opportunity for you <laughs> sitting at home to come with a date and see me singing Iolanta.
0: Yes. Yeah. Goes, oh, so this is, a, that's kind of an interesting thing is like, is how do you make yourself, uh, how do you get a company to see you in the most valuable way for both, in the most beneficial way for both parties? Well, you know, I was
1: thinking about this the other
0: day, and I have to say the, the quick answer is leave.
1: Leave that company and go be successful elsewhere. Because when you're a young artist somewhere, you, like, th- this happened to me. I was a young artist in San Francisco, San Francisco Opera, and I sang so much after I left the Young Artist Program. I went there almost every year and yeah. sang, sang uh, roles. I mean, like, The Count and The shot. Until I went and sang Don Giovanni in Santa Fe and, and, uh, and uh, in in Glyndebourne and, and a lot of other places, I was I was booked to sing it in Don Giovanni in San Francisco. But until I sort of went off into Europe and did my thing and succeeded, I there was a such there was a visceral change as soon as I, w- I went back to San Francisco after doing other major roles. Something changed and people were calling this me Mister Meacham that been, I played ping pong with. You know, I used to play ping pong with these everyone. I know everyone in San Francisco. Squad. Well, yeah. I knew. I mean, it's it's obviously been a while since I've been as a young artist there, but. Really, man, I was buddies with the lighting guys, the painters. I mean, yeah. we all played ping pong in the basement together because it brings people <laughs> together, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I went back, though, and all of a sudden there was this amount of respect that was sort of given to me. And it was, it was cool to see that as soon as you go, again, you have to leave a place and be successful elsewhere for them to really you know, hone in on you. And yeah. it, it, it seems like the more you give to a company, the better they are to you. And in some cases that works, but in a, what I've found is that when you save a company's ass, you know, by stepping in and doing something, it often translates to that's the person we can rely on if things mm. go wrong. Uh-huh. Not that's our first choice. Right. And so it's 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 really tough that way because you think this favor is coming back to me. Right. 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 You know, and and my in my experience,
0: just personally, it has rarely happened that way. Right, it's the, more cheap in my brand than anything else. You think that this is going to do something? You think that what you're doing is going to be seen differently than it is? It's like dating in high school. If you're too available,
1: yeah, the chick's not going to like you. Excuse me, the lovely young yeah, lady yeah, yeah, yeah. is not going <laughs> to like you. Or if you're as a guy, you know, if you're if the woman's too needy and it's like, oh, right. I'm so into that guy, it's kind of yeah. like. Well, I don't know if you're, if you're that into me, you know, right. it's almost like you kind of play a little hard. To how get.
0: valuable can you actually be? Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's a good That's, point. Yeah. Wow. So what, uh, would you say then is the biggest, like how, how could a young artist or a person who is not yet had that opportunity, how could they empower themselves to basically increase their brand's value, as you said. Well, let
1: me clarify.
0: What I just said is not for young artists. <laughs> so that's for after young artists right. level.
1: You know. So I, I'm saying that when you're a young artist, you need to bend over backwards to help the company and do everything you can to make their right. life smooth and easy. Absolutely. I'm just saying at some point when you leave, they have other young artists that are singing the roles that you used to sing there and, use, and and when you're getting offered small roles and singing all of them or maybe even a Zerlina or a Masetto at San Francisco Opera or the Met right. as a young artist you think oh my god well this is great this is going to continue this way but it won't until you, it might but with, with many companies it won't unless you go and succeed in those roles elsewhere they'll hire you
0: back to do them so now that's kind of I think at least even even for me thinking about this that could lead to like this sort of What I like to think of as paralysis by analysis. You're like, okay, so now how do I go get hired at those other companies? Yeah, and then so that this company that I I call home will see me as more valuable. But if you don't have management, or if you can't get your foot in the door at those other companies, how do you negotiate that if you are, you know, a company of one? God, that's a great question.
1: Well, first of all, managers. If you're leaving a young artist program, you should at least have contact with some management. Yeah. Or at least someone that's a conductor or somebody that can introduce you to somebody. I mean, honestly, I'm getting a little long in the tooth for even giving advice on this subject because I've already sort of gone right. through the process. Yeah. But, like, I did a, an audition tour in in Europe and mostly, like, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. And that was set up for me by a manager that I didn't even work with at the time. Mm-hmm. But they liked what I did. They liked my voice I mean, the first time I worked in Europe was, um, uh, I, I, I was literally hired to fly to Stuttgart, Germany, cover a role, and like, like, sing basically, not even cover, but, like, sing the final dress rehearsal of this role because this other guy who was doing it had to leave. So they flew me over to sing one final dress rehearsal. Yeah. And I, you know, it was, I actually, it, w- it was ridiculous. I showed up in Germany way ahead of when I was supposed to so I could be really prepared vocally and everything. And because I didn't speak German at the time, I didn't talk to anyone. And so for three days I didn't use my voice. And I showed up the first day for rehearsal. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like jet lag plain voice. Yeah, but I didn't speak I really didn't speak yeah. to anyone because Stuttgart is is, is in
0: injured. it really yeah. it's
1: very German. It's not like Berlin where you're gonna pick, you know, go to the Neue English Crown and then people are gonna yeah. speak English, you know. So anyway, I, I just say that to say that, you know, that was an opportunity for me to go to Europe. And that sort of led to other things because I've met people and I'm very personable. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, these opportunities aren't gonna create themselves for you. You gotta help create them as well by the, through the people that you meet.
0: Yeah. How, uh, I guess, and this is just possibly like a bigger like life question, but what do you do to kind of initiate, uh, to generate momentum for yourself? Like, if there's like nothing going on or, you know, if you're like, wait, I need to take some action, what are your steps to, to get things in motion?
1: God, that's a great question. Um, me personally now or yeah. me back in the day? Both. Okay. Well back in the day I would uh I, w- I was always keeping in touch with the people that I met through email or text or phone calls, you know, like the directors, the conductors and um and I'd just be like, Hey, I'm I exist, you know? And it was it's it's a kind way it's a kind way to do it, you know. It's it, you're not it's still business but it's also, you know, this is a real personal business where you actually hang out with these people for a long time yeah. and you talk about emotions and art and how the character is portrayed and, and, and so you do re- develop these relationships with, with these people and they're real so you have to be genuine and not too needy and, and it, again it's, there's, there's a balance to be struck so I'd say just keep in touch with all the people that are close to you and opportunities will occur. I mean uh, it's amazing how many opportunities came for me just out of the blue. Really? That when it was just...
0: Seemingly out of the blue. Seemingly out of the yeah. blue.
1: But I mean, honestly, the first, the first thing you've got to do is be the best singer you can be.
0: Ooh. You know? Yes. Nice. Yeah, so, otherwise... I mean, that's
1: obviously the most important thing. Because if you're just a nice guy who's not a good singer... Right. It's probably not going to work out for you. Yeah. And
0: How's right it? now, the way I pass the time, is that kind of what we're getting at? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Or how do you, you know, like, yeah, how do you, like, create momentum for yourself if there's, you know, if you see, like, there's... Well, I, I doubt that there's any uh, shortage... There's probably a lot on your calendar coming up professionally, but what do you do like in between in between gigs? What do you do to stay moving?
1: Honestly, it, when I um, when I met my wife, I asked myself this question. I said, "Well, this is the person I want to be with. I want to be able to provide for them for a long time." I started thinking about more than just selfishly myself, right? You know, and I thought, "Well, that's that's sort of when this whole idea of becoming kind of a social media magnet."
0: <laughs> Mogul. I'll let you say that. First, uh, You dude, of it. you crush it. You <laughs> you use social media, I think, in the most right way. It is like the least vainglorious and totally like, hey, I know that I've learned a lot. Let me share with you what I've learned.
2: And I think well, thank for, you. for me, to add on to that, your your blog is mm. underscore valuable. It's really, really, has been... Yeah. I haven't... Real, I've never really said this to you. It's fair. It's been a very valuable resource for me, and I can imagine. This is the only blog I read. It's blo- the blogging art is sort of, with the with, Tumblr being gone, it's not like this yeah. very accessible thing anymore. But I read I read yours, very frequently and, and routinely, and I think that's tied. I think you you plug it in your inst- in Instagram and your social media. So it's it's an aspect of social media that's. That, is re- that you provide so much value to young singers and you provide maybe even to professionals too, but as a young singer, it's, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I see value in it. So tell, can you talk a little bit about how you came to that, how you came yeah. to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. And uh, I, the, I mean, really, the reason I came to it is I thought to myself... Every, every singer has this fear. If I get kicked in the throat, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, uh, you know, if I get hit by a bus, what am I going to yeah, do? Right. I have all this knowledge. I've paid a ton of money for it and spent a lot of time to gain. Yeah. But what do I do? And so I thought to myself, how can I... How can, not, not monetize, but how, how can I sort of at least put more of myself out there, when I am, this sort of answers both of your questions, when I do have downtime, yeah. which is becoming less and less, <laughs> but um, at the time, it was a little bit more, and I thought, you know, let me let me start this this social media thing, also my wife, who I call my social media manager, helps me a lot with it, yeah. so, uh, yes, yeah, I mean, it, it it was a combination of wanting to provide for my future family. Yeah. And, it, and sort of putting it out there as, in as many directions as possible. And the, the, the ultimate goal of all of this. Oh,
0: so embarrassing.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Oh, how are we not accepting that? Someone, uh, they can try oh, it's man.
0: my little brother?
1: <laughs> Why not? Pourquoi <Pork laughs>
0: pas? What's up, bro, teen
1: What's up, bro, Steve? What are you doing?
0: This is Lucas Meacham. Hey, bud. What's up, Lucas,
1: how are you? I'm fantastic.
0: He's a friend. We're uh, we're recording a podcast right now, dude. So uh, believe it or not, you are making your music and weights debut. Wow, music and weights. This is uh, he could be the next Mozart tenor of the century. Heyo. But sales the sales game has claimed him. <laughs> All right, rapid fire. What do you got for us? What's up, Davy?
3: No, I, I I'm not sitting on the spot. You know, these aren't my my area is not conducive to my singing voice. I was saying happy birthday,
0: man. Oh, thank you.
3: That's right, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it is my birthday today. today. Besides podcasting.
0: Uh today we're gonna go and throw some axes at Barry the Hatchet. And uh Nick Spezio cancelled on me, but Christina's coming, so I'm excited about that.
3: Christina's coming?
0: Yeah. I had told her that, that dog sitting was not a reason that she could skip that.
3: Is Tommy coming with her?
0: I don't know, I didn't know he lived here. Maybe. Oh my
3: that's gonna be hilarious.
0: Well, is Caroline with you? She, she, yeah, yeah, she is, dude. Sorry, you're on the. She's over here. What's up, Davey? Hi,
3: Caroline. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? Good. What's up? Did uh, you go out last night?
3: Uh, we did, but I was the driver, so oh. it was all good. Sober what Dave has skis. has returned.
0: Yeah. How's T? Uh, he's good.
3: Man. He's good. What, uh, how long are you guys in New York City for?
0: Uh, I'll be here for another three or four days, and Caroline's taking off tomorrow.
3: Damn. Right. Well, if you guys are doing your podcasts, I won't interrupt. Have fun.
0: You've already interrupted, dude. I'm hyped that you're on here.
3: Oh, yeah? Now I'm I'm joining the podcast, or I'm going to be the first listener? Or You've what? been the first caller, for You've sure. been definitely the first caller. <laughs> oh, also that's... the first person to be
0: edited out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man,
3: what's, what's the topic for the day?
0: Uh, I don't know. Figuring out how to be a good singer and a good person, and you know, etc. I don't know why they got me for this. <laughs> yeah,
3: right.
0: There you go. <laughs> Cause he's a he's a good singer. That's a good <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, sure Period. Period. Yeah, we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Period. And we're all working on becoming good people. Davy is actually a good person, though. He's like the only good person I really know. Beautiful. What happened That's to what be a good, good to be a good person? His. Oh yeah, it's because yeah. he has the dog. You say hi? That is his
1: baby hey.
2: that's
0: He's, a child we're good we're bringing our dog back Dude, with us
1: in a week i gave
3: tj a bath yesterday and then i took him for a walk and he was off the leash and he literally within five minutes jumped straight into a mud puddle like <laughs> destroyed the entire <clears throat>
0: bath within five minutes tj yeah it was pretty sweet what are you looking at what what are you looking at there's
3: a soccer game going on and I'm looking at the TV and then my coffee's down here, but TJ is laying down and his paws are within about two inches of the coffee. So I'm a little worried that he's going to hit it. So I keep checking to make sure he doesn't. All
0: right, protein, we're going to get right. back to it. I'll call you later when we're throwing axes.
3: You guys have fun. Lucas, nice to meet you. You as well. Good to see you. See you later, guys. See you in Vegas. Later.
0: Vegas? Yeah. That's fun yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm gonna go swing a kettlebell for three days and get certified in uh basically like this really impossible kettlebell certification program
1: fantastic that's cool
0: yeah the test is that you have to do a hundred kettlebell snatches with a fifty two pound weight in five minutes I can imagine that would be very difficult yeah <laughs> putting twenty together in fifty seconds makes me feel like I want to vomit yeah.
1: Yeah, kettlebell swings is <laughs> that thing where it's like, while I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this is fucking easy.
0: Yes. And then as soon as I finish, I'm I want to die. Yeah, you're I had, yeah. I had that. The, the happened to me the other day. I was like, I was like, okay, so I should get as strong as possible on the swing, yeah. the snatch momentum, like that'll be fine. So I was like, well, I'm gonna get the heaviest kettlebell that I can find and try to do like sets of 20. So I got a, uh, it was like 115 pounds, and I was like surprised. I was like, damn, this is really easy. I can't yeah. believe this. And I set it down, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. Jesus, that sucks. Same thing with burpees. I'm oh. like, I'm doing burpees, I'm like, yes it's going well. You get into the momentum. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> he starts swinging. Sucks. Away. Wait. So what were we saying? That's it. I mean, so I don't know how we'll edit that. I kind of just want to leave Davy's call in there and just have people fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait. So speaking of fitness, dude, I don't think there's. You know, I know that everybody is like really conscious about health and fitness etc and it's been like a growing thing both in the opera world and just i think in mainstream media yeah and we're just we're sitting here talking about we're two op three opera singers talking about burpees in kettlebells yeah that's kind of crazy i feel like a lot of people don't expect that you have gone through your own like pretty i think drastic fitness and health transformation mm. you lost like a bunch of weight well it's only because I was being an idiot that I needed to lose a bunch of weight you know
1: I met I met my now wife I bring her up again and again because she's everything to me and uh, uh, she uh, and I just kind of went nuts a little because we were so in love and so for I'd say a year straight, <laughs> every meal we ate, we had to try almost everything on the menu. Oh, we yeah. did that. that <laughs> That's familiar. Right? That there sounds, a, sounds I'm familiar. Sure, you know, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> love hunger.
0: We were like, yeah, you know, there's that. There's petite sweets. Petite sweets in Houston, by the way, is the place you guys got to go. We yeah. were like, Shout out to petite sweets. It was Sweet. down the yeah. street, and we were like, well, let's just go see what they have today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. walk a
2: quarter mile and get four slices of cake and call it a day.
0: Exactly. Well, you've got to try
1: all the the yes, flavors, exactly. right? To know what's yeah. best. That's me. I go to a place that I know I'm never going to go to again and yes. think, oh, I should try more for next time. Yeah. You know, I'm like in, in
0: Seoul, Korea for yeah. one night, and I'm like, well, I should definitely try everything. It's going to take have. me twenty hours to get yeah. back yeah. here. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. So you were like so you gained a little bit of just, just love love and hibernation yeah, weight. Yeah, love and yeah, love hibernation weight. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah,
1: and um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've always been sporty. Like really I've always I've always been able to be successful at just about any yeah. rackety cluby thing I picked up. Yeah, I'm pretty You can
0: convincingly throw a football. Uh, dude,
1: I can could- <laughs> Perfect spiral. <laughs> <laughs> There's no convincing about it. Like I, I can, I go to I, when I'm in San Francisco. I go to the park with my buddies and we just yeah. throw football like for hours. What is it.
0: the what when you put your hand on the like where do you put on the laces? Absolutely. All right. So you well, you be, also have giant hands. It's not North
2: Carolina block. I do.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, a basketball would even be better.
1: For yeah. yeah exactly. it, you know. But I did grow up playing football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Soccer. So uh, like. I, I'm all about the... the, the so if you got your middle finger, mm-hmm. between the first and second digits, the first being the top, I like for the the, the, the last thread on the football to be right on that little digit where it, where it bends. Mm-hmm. And that's where I put... I base that. If that's right there, that's where I like to be. Then the I'm rest... Coming over the top... Nice little rip yeah. wrist flick that's a natural wrist flick at the mm-hmm. end. I mean, I, don't, I can't believe we're talking about this right now, but I've taught so many people to throw a <laughs> football. I used to travel with a football. I used to go to competitions with a football and think this is the way I'll find other cool people. Uh, you're not wrong, dude. I think that there's like... No, no, absolutely. I'd be like, cool anybody want to go throw a football? Brian, email Brian Emo, yeah, uh, yeah, because Brian Emo and I came up together, and so we'd be at competitions together, he'd win fourth, I'd win second, he'd win first, I'd win third, you know, like in these competitions, and without fail, we would go and throw football together, so I just got excited to see him and other like-minded, sporty humans, of which there aren't so many in this field, but... You know that's right. That's why I've had to teach a bunch of people. I I've thrown football with Placido Domingo. I I mean really, and you'd be amazed. How does he, how does he throw? He he's got no follow through, but he can throw a spiral. He sort of throws only from his shoulder, like it sort of comes out of nowhere. Or he's he doesn't bring dad his arm back. Guy. Seriously, I, I was I wanted to talk to him about it, but I'm like, well, maybe this is not the time to teach Placido <laughs> Domingo how to throw football. But uh, yeah. Where were we? Madrid. Double. I was double cast with Placido. Oh, and, for for,
2: yeah, for
1: what show? Eufemia Ontoed. By
2: glute.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. It was a baritone role, though. Yeah, I was wondering, like, which which <laughs> yeah. way were we <laughs> going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we gotta we gotta come back to that that topic, though. Actually, It's like you know how do like because have people ever like tried to push you into to being not a baritone? Absolutely.
1: I mean, I was in Maryland in two thousand. Three and um, God, I shouldn't name dates because then I, honestly, I don't give a shit if people want to hold on am. I'm forty years old. <laughs> oh no! And stretch <laughs> And uh, anyway, I'm tw- I uh,
0: 28. So yeah, It's okay. Yeah. getting you know, old, dude. Get, yeah, we're, we I, all get up.
1: You know, everybody ages. You know, and, and I don't know. As you're younger, you think oh, that's not not going to be me. That's an that old forty year old dude. You know, I, I remember when I was 28, I played basketball with some forty year olds. I was like, two oh, told older. But... Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm like, so. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, is what I'm. The getting chapters
0: at. just get longer. You know, <laughs> that's very nicely said. Where are we? What was? Um, not far? Oh, yeah. You know, ah, names. Oh, yeah. name.
1: Maryland. Yeah. So I was in Maryland, and for two weeks, people swore up and down I was a tenor. And I tried, and I cracked, and I sucked. It was very disappointing to me. And then two weeks after, I went into the main person that said you're a tenor, and they said, "Oh, you're a baritone." And I was like, "God damn it!" You know, like. Here I am. I'm trying to please everybody, and that's a lot, that's like one
0: of the last times I tried to please everybody, and I just went with what I, what I knew. You can't. I, I, that was, I think, for me, that was what this past year was about: was yeah. being like, not feeling like trying to please everybody, feeling like future jobs are on the line, and that like if I screw up in one way, it's like it's all gonna be over, and yeah. and it really like it's taken way too much advice from too many different people. And really, it put me in a place like, I felt like I wasn't making music anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, pleasing everybody, pleasing everybody, I think just, it shuts you down. Yeah, I, I mean,
2: have, I, 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 me and Michael talk about this a lot, that self-assessment is probably the most critical aspect of success at the beginning. It know. might be continue, I can't speak from, I can't speak in the future, but I would imagine that it probably continues to play a big big part in your success as a singer. So that sounds like the idea of Fach and the idea of vocal progress and the idea of where do I fit and what do I sing? That's, that's what is proper for me to sing. I think all falls under the umbrella of self-assessment, especially this idea that, you know, if people are telling you that you're a tenor and you want to please them or you, and you just don't really know how to navigate that. How did you develop? The skill of self-assessment—is that something you've always had? Is that something that
1: you work on? I no. I'm honestly, i am kind—I'm of, a real people pleaser. Yeah. And so I have to say, no, I, I haven't always had that. And I—I um, I mean, we also have to talk about different types of schooling. Like in America, right. we're taught to do shut up and do what the yes, director says. Exactly. You know, in Europe, you're not taught that so much. But oh. I also feel the instruction is not quite as on the level vocally. In some places. Oh, God, this is you're going to come back to me. I, 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 so vocally, it's fine. I'm just saying that right. it's a different mindset yeah. in Europe. And even country to country, it becomes a different mindset, too, that sort of goes in line with
0: the, the country's mindset. There's right. a Italy, you're going to get different instruction than Germany. They have different, each country and then probably even each house has its own set of, of values that they prioritize. In, in in some regards, yes. I mean,
1: I, I it's funny, I've been thinking about it really re- recently because I'm hearing, um, I'm not naming names, but I've, I've heard a couple of different types of singing work well at the Met. Right. Uh, and one is a very pointed sound, forwards place sound, and one's a very covered sound mm-hmm. in the entirety of it. And they both are relatively valid i prefer personally the covered sound but then you hear this covered not the covered sound excuse me the forward pingy sound right yeah because i feel like that really lasers out in the house it sounds it's that sound where you feel like they're almost sitting right next to you singing in your ear rather than just sort of a wash of sound that fills the house through sheer force right and um i don't know it's it's kind of interesting seeing those two things that, that I teach against one and right. for another, but right. seeing that it kind of works in its own way. But then you hear them when they sing together, and it's like one is is, is a little bit better for my taste. Yeah. Right. But that, I say that just to say that there are different they're different ways of teaching, there are different ways of thinking, and in America, we're, we're supposed to be people pleasers because right. we're much yeah. more sort of honestly faithfully nice in a way. Right. You go to Scandinavia, say, yeah, man, I'll see you soon. They put it in the calendar. You know, they think, oh, Gosh, great, yeah. they want, oh, yeah. they were like, getting together like in that. the United States. see you soon means whatever, yeah. bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um yeah, it's, it's, so I guess I say all that to, to say that I, it depends on the level, really, you know, because right. if you're a 19 year old tenor, maybe baritone, then you need to listen to your instructors, right, and you need exactly. to be malleable, right. and, um, I think the most important thing, though, is is to be able to sort of self-assess what's going on in your body. You know, to be able to sort of feel does that feel uncomfortable? Where is my tension? Where I'm I'm actually incredibly good at this to the point that I, I I'm able to I get sick, but I'm able to catch most colds before they happen because yeah. I'm like something is wrong. So I'm like, highly think, attuned yeah. that you're like,
0: this is gonna happen. I can feel it. And I know what I need to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm
1: that way with sports, too. It's right. like, oh, man, if only... Like, I've gotten into rock climbing lately. And I'm like, cool. how am I... You know, and I'm, I'm the holds and everything. I'm just like, I don't very know. physically if, aware. It's very... Exactly. You have it's to every, be very physically aware. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of classical musicians aren't that because they didn't grow up doing, doing that sort yes. of stuff that yeah. makes you that way. And But then they... they it's, not, it's something you can learn, though. I feel like, oh, it, like it is you. isn't just a natural thing. It's something you can learn. And you just have to be open to people that know more than you telling you constructive criticism
2: right exactly so then where do you draw the line let's say like you have a teacher at the beginning telling you you know you're a soprano or you're whatever and you have to add like you like you said you have to listen to your instructor and then at a point i think development happens in such a way that you you should have you should be as you're developing vocal technique you're also developing a sense of self and a and a sense of where do i fit in this world what what should I be singing, and a sense of purpose in the career. Yeah. So you kind of develop a team of people that either like-mindedly agree with where you see yourself going, or you, you ascribe to where they see you going, and then you may be getting outside opinions outside of that. Because, you know, some of the greatest voices are a little bit more, where does this voice fit? Like, without naming names, there's a lot. There's plenty of people that sing at the Met that you're sort of like, ah, oh, is this person really a tenor? Is this person really a soprano? Is this person really a mezzo? Is this person yeah. you know, it's what makes them so distinct cicilia Bartoli is someone that I think of as sort of where does this, what is this voice even really doing? And so where do you draw the line between like this is this is advice that is in my best interest and this is advice that isn't this isn't going to get me to where I see myself going
1: Wow, there's a lot in that, and uh, you know I, I, I I do know what you mean. And it's funny, I was answering everything in my head as you we went along, and then I answered so much that I was like, that's kind of like. Anyway, I think the first thing I'll say to react to that is that I think the greatest voices are flawless. Exactly. You know? Yes. Yes. That's so. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I think really you know, chili Bartsley could sing Carmen, she could sing yeah. Rosina yeah. in the soprano. You know, yeah, she, you exactly. know she, could sing. she could sing just about anything. You know, I think a lot of the best singers really can sing just about anything. Right. You know, I, uh, I, and so, but they also have to, you know, eventually, they can go to the extremes and come back, but eventually, there is a middle ground there yeah. that they have to sort of pick and choose. So I'd say when, when, you know, listening to singers, uh, excuse me, your teachers and your peers, it's always important to develop uh, a team of people that are on your team, mm-hmm. of people that you trust. Yeah, you know that that it could be a voice instructor, it could be addiction coach, it could be a, a collaborative pianist. It could be it could be a lot of different people, but you have to have your team that you trust, and then you poll that team and say, is this the direction I need to be going? And you probably right. take the majority of that team. You take what they say, but you have to trust them, of course. Yeah, of course. you get to pick your team. Um, yeah. So, God, I had something else to say, but it totally lost it when I talked about the team aspect. But it sounds like
0: for you that self-assessment has been, like, you have really good proprioceptive abilities. Like, you just are really aware of your body. And the more that you, you know, over time, were committed to becoming a singer, and then as that becomes your livelihood and, you know, it's just like what you do, that translates into a really heightened awareness of your voice and what's going on, what you need to do to stay performing. Yeah. Then you develop this other sort of self-awareness and self-assessment of... I have this vision, and I believe that this is what I'm good at. Yeah. And this is what I do naturally, and of course, like there's always room to grow. But this is what I do. Yeah. And then you just, as you take feedback from people saying maybe become a tenor, you're like, I don't know if that's what I do. And then that is a sort of skill of of self-assessment that you learn as a as a person on a career path.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, as a younger singer, you have to just learn what. hurts. (laughs) hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, is this uncomfortable to me? Yeah. If it's uncomfortable, it could be a combination of things. You could be doing it wrong or you could be doing it exactly right. It's just not for you. Yeah. So that's the danger is that, you know, it, it could just be a technique thing. If you yeah. change a couple things, yeah, exactly. you'll loosen up. So, I mean, I wouldn't say if on the first day that you're tired after a voice lesson, yeah. and you feel like you, you've, you know, blown it too much, you know, yeah, so there's no reason to change teachers, but it's all about, Moving forward with progress, yeah. you know. I, and so, I mean, I don't want to plug the blog, but I talk about all this. Yeah, <laughs> plug the, the blog. blog I, wanted but get, I wanted to get back like, to this blog because it really
2: is so. Go awful check right? out the. But no, so I
1: talk the, about all this, so it's like it's all back there in my head. I'm like, I wrote about this, right? Once, you right. know. But I, what I what I like to say though is if if you've been with a teacher for a year, two years, three years, and you're not seeing progress, yes. as a matter of fact, you're you're just frustrated after lessons. I have a question. Then how you know, do you measure raise his progress? Hand. Yeah.
2: How, because I I think there are a lot of singers that would say, oh, yes, this teacher is really working for me, but from the outside, not to be casting judgment on other singers or whatever, you can't... Re- I couldn't measure their progress, That they are perceiving progress. Yeah. Yeah. How would you... Which to me, again, coming back to this... this is Self-assessment is clearly a theme in my life right now. That is lacking in some way for them to feel that they're progressing, yeah. but... Where or maybe they totally. are suppressing mentally or oh, that's you know, a how great it?
1: question, especially for like undergrad. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. How the hell do you know? You're just starting out, you know, you're doing this opera right. thing, maybe just, you know, studying some music here and there and yeah. and, and or you're a vocal performance major, you right, know, and you exactly. have a teacher and, and it's it's very difficult to judge progress because what you think might be the right way might not be exactly the right way, but you're being taught that it's the right way by someone right. who might not even know Ooh. As much yeah. as they should about right. it, the the right way, and I guess the thing is like, if you feel like you're growing, you know, if you feel like you're growing as an artist, there's something to be gained from that. Because I'd I even say that, in undergrad, you don't have to go to the best school, you don't have to totally. go to a great school. You just have to have a good teacher who's going to keep you within the lines totally. and make sure that you. And I'm not even saying a great teacher, a good teacher, yeah. somebody that, that that keeps you, you know, within the realms of good singing right. you learn diction you learn you know languages right. and so sort of just to uh, bide your time cuz we're in a profession that we don't mature until our 30s, 30s. Yeah. i mean i'm feeling kind of
0: mature now and i'm thinking yeah. i'm i'm getting there and i'm 40, yeah, exactly. you know yeah. of course i'm a lyric baritone so. so somebody told me yesterday oh you're so young at 28 and i'm like what yeah in only in this career it feels yeah like. it so really is i think that like kind it, of it's, it's yeah yeah, that's a good point. I think that like what we're talking about though is is like really just maybe a broader theme of like how do you know that the people that how do you know that the people that you take advice from that you should actually be listening to their advice? And then how do you even pick those people in the first place? It becomes easier as you move through
1: the career, yeah. you know, and or into grad school or something like that. But in the beginning, you just have to you just have to kind of live on a wing and a prayer. You know, you have yeah. to trust it. You know, it, it's uh, it's really tough in the beginning. But I'd say most voice teachers are good enough to make take a freshman and make them leave as a senior better than they were as a freshman. Yeah. You know? However, that's why I say save your money on undergrad and spend it on grad school. Yes. You know? Because then, I mean, it's just as you, as you sort of get better at anything. You need, like, you want to play lacrosse, you're going to need... You're going to start out in middle school, and you're going to have your middle school coach. LeBron James, middle school coach, couldn't coach in the NBA. He was good enough to coach LeBron in middle school. His high school coach
0: was a little better than a middle school coach. And then finally, he went to the NBA and he had the best coaches in the world. And you know what? I've had some experiences like this where it's it's like I've been trying to, you know, like I was trying to get in with this one voice teacher who's, you know, really prominent for a long time. And I managed to do that um, when I was, you know, four, uh, like five or six years ago. And I was like, I didn't get that much out of it. I saw him again a couple years later, and I was like, oh, I got a little bit more out of it. And I saw him last year, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Now I understand. Because some voice teachers are right for singers who have right. achieved a certain level of mastery. Absolutely. And when you are just a little tadpole, like, you can't absorb that mastery. You're not ready yeah. for it yet. You need to go have somebody who's going to take you to the next level. And just because they're not big and famous, that doesn't discredit them as an instructor. Of course not.
1: Yeah, I mean, every teacher is great, and every teacher is horrible for someone. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter how how famous they are; they could not be good for you. That's and that's even even further down the the line is that they could not be good for you in that moment because you're not ready for it. Yep, that's happened to me with high notes. You know, I always had high notes to burn, but I sang it in a very forward, bright place with no cover. Yeah. Right, and um, people would talk to me about this sort of extra. La- I mean, this is really this is really involved stuff here. But it w- I think we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. in our last yeah. little lesson and. Uh, Anyway, that, that you add this backspace, so it's right. almost like it's two spaces at the same time. People told me that,
2: yeah, and
1: I get the concept, and it makes sense, and I see right. the anatomical little plastic voice uh-huh. box, and I'm like, you know, okay, that stuff, I couldn't get it for the life of me, and so one teacher told me, and then another teacher told me, and then another teacher told me, and finally, my current teacher talked to me about it, and I was ready to do it. It's not that I didn't get the concept, it's just I was prepared to do it,
0: mm-hmm. and I started doing it. And... You know, gotta yeah, be ready for it. <laughs> and now you're singing all over the place, and you're crushing it. Thanks. So we should, yeah. So you know, what? <clears throat> before we do go back to the, uh, the I guess like physical fitness, etc., and, and that that transformation, because I really do want to hear some more about that. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's really it's kind of a thing that you just you have to be ready to to implement, and it's not gonna it's gonna make sense when it's when it's right. It's kind of like an esoteric, heady thing to think about, mm-hmm. but.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to think that you don't you're not ready for something, you right. know, that that cuz you're a natural talent, you know. If you're listening to this, you're a good singer. You're not right. you're not a crappy singer if you listen to this podcast, right. you know. So it's hard to think, I'm a good singer, I should be able to do this. Right. I should get this concept because I'm uh, I'm aware of what's going on. And even if you're aware, you still might not get it. and That's incredibly frustrating. But if you flip that on
0: its head, it could be incredibly inspiring too, thinking that it's a good thing you still have more to learn. <sighs> that is like my favorite, one of the, my favorite things about singing that I feel like, and sorry if you're listening to this and you're you're not a singer, but if you are a singer, I think you'll, you'll probably get this. Is it like it feels like it's a sort of um, like a, a calling or like a vocation that like you can't really ignore, mm-hmm. and it's like I love for me, it's I've I've started to become more and more aware that like through mastery of singing, mastery of my vocation, like that leads to mastery of myself. Yeah, which that is, is some something- mastery. Yes, exactly, yeah. and that's like, you know, so getting that, that two spaces at once concept, well, if you, if you don't get it, then it's not that you're never going to attain it, it's just like there's probably something else that you need to focus on first.
1: Yeah, it's like if you've got a black belt in karate, that doesn't mean you're a 10th level black belt, you might be in 7th level black right. belt, you're still a badass. Yeah. You just have a little bit more to learn, and that's okay. And there's always, there's always something more there's, to there learn. There is always, always more to learn. Yeah. I always tell people, if you feel like you know everything, you've given your last great performance. Yes. yes. You know? <laughs> because <laughs> if you feel, oh, that was, that was perfect. Once I achieved perfection, there's nowhere to go but downhill. Yeah, My high school theater
0: I, I teacher said that, that all the time. He yeah. was like, if you ever feel like you did a perfect performance, you're done.
1: I've come close.
0: Yeah? I've, come, like, I've been like, ooh, five notes.
1: If I got five notes better. I like that. Five I, 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 a lot of
2: notes. Yeah. No. No. If,
1: no. If I, yeah. Five notes is a lot of notes. Like, man, I could have sung these five yeah, notes better, and it would have been um, pretty perfect. Wow. So, what was it? Traviata. <laughs> because yeah. it's nothing but line and song. Yeah. You know, it's nothing but line. You know, like I, I, I could never sing a perfect Mozart opera. I could never sing a perfect Rossini opera. Because there's so much going on. And that's not to say Verdi's easier or harder. I'm just saying that the Belcanto line needed, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not a singer, sorry for this, but the Belcanto line needed to sustain Verdi just makes it so that you just sort of spin a phrase, mean yeah.
0: the mean the words, and stand yeah. there. And the voice is there, you the know? drama. Yeah, writing. exactly. It's so
2: friendly to the singer, and it's also just makes your life a little bit Yeah, easier. it's the most perfect
0: writing. And Germant, you were awesome as Germant. Thank and... Um, Wow, so that's uh that's kind of crazy. Cool. Yeah. What was your favorite moment like gi- dramatically and musically in in Traviata?
1: Honestly, it's not m- not musically, but dramatically I love when he throws the money at her and I go "Du Yes. That's my favorite yeah. moment. That's a great Oh, moment. it's
0: awesome. Everything just shuts down yeah. and you turn in the there's Lucas. Yeah. There's Kjeldin, You know. There's about to be like some baritone thunder happening. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's an awesome part. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to Lucas is sporty. You've gained some love weight, and mm-hmm. you you wrote about you've written about this. I think probably probably a, a fair amount, right? This being this being uh, the importance of like of, of taking care of your body. And on yeah. working out while singing, etc. So, yeah, no, take absolutely. us back to this point. So, you, you've gained this love weight, you guys are madly in love, and you're like, uh oh, what do I do now?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, you know, a little real talk now. <clears throat> I, um, I asked my wife to marry me, and she said, You need some life insurance. <laughs> <You're about laughs> so, you know, I, because I, I, well, I also asked her to stop playing. Uh, a, a, not stop! My God, that sounds horrible. I about, no, I asked her to join me traveling the world yeah. and and being a part of this whole yeah. thing that we do. And uh, and because uh, you know at the time she was playing in a bunch of uh, companies and and you know helping a lot of singers out, coaching. And she's a pianist, if you hadn't realized, collaborative pianist. She's great. And, <laughs> yes, she's awesome. And uh, anyway, so she said, uh, "I'm going to need some." insurance on on this and so i i was in new york actually i was a paliaci here and um i had a doctor come over and draw some blood for the insurance because they have to make sure that you're okay to even give you life insurance yeah. apparently I, I didn't know any of this and so uh when he came over he drew my blood i got the results back and i had very high cholesterol uh-huh. he said no problem we'll give you a pill for this so i was 38 Jesus at the time I thought to myself i'm not taking a pill for cholesterol at 38 years old i know i'm a little overweight maybe I can do something about this through diet. And um, so I started studying and, and, and working on it. And honestly, I became a vegan pretty much two weeks after that. hmm yeah, I, 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 yeah, and uh, yeah, so I, I live in, as best I can, a plant-based lifestyle. But that's and, kind uh, of
0: a big change for you, because like, you're from a place where veganism is not the standard, default diet growing up.
1: It's, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not a meal unless there's meat on the plate. You yeah, know? like breakfast for me is bacon, eggs, grits with butter, mm. and biscuits with butter. What you kind know? of hot sauce though? Uh, yeah. Chris- oh, Crystal Oh, yeah, I love me some Cholula okay. hot Cholula's sauce. Crystal so Valentina. Crystal is good too. I mean, uh, God, hot sauce.
0: My literally the back of my tongue right now is like,
1: oh,
2: bring it on.
0: Okay, so so then you went. So that's a big shift. I mean, it's a big shift for anybody. But it's an especially big shift when like, you're growing up in an environment where there's not it's not a meal, like you said, unless there's meat on the plate. So what yeah. was the straw that broke the camel's back for you?
1: Honestly, I watched a documentary called Earthlings. Okay. And Earthlings, so if, I'm sure you've heard of like Forks Over Knives or Cowspiracy, those yeah. are great documentaries. And they talk about the environmental impacts of animal agriculture. And Forks Over Knives talks about the health impacts of eating animals. And but Earthlings was just a, a, a slap in the face reality check on how these factory farm animals are treated, and when I saw that, I I, I knew that I, I I couldn't. I just couldn't eat animals anymore. You know, yeah. I couldn't simply because I'm an animal lover. I've always called myself yeah. an animal lover, but I can't. To be an animal lover, you can't then
0: pay other people to treat animals poorly on your behalf. Yeah, you and know? not just like. Poorly, not like oh, like we yelled and we cussed at the pigs, but it's yeah. like, like it's disgustingly not in obviously it's inhumane because they're not human, but like it's just treatment that you would never wish upon your worst enemy.
1: Yeah, and let's let's put as a human equivalent, it yeah. would
0: be having your your having a, a a baby live
1: until the age of twelve in a closet, and then slaughtering them for their meat and their their hide. You know, it, it, they would never leave that closet. And that's just their life, so I mean uh, this 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 gets a little a little down you know I'm not trying to be down, but it is it is the facts and realities of ha- of, of major factory farming right. and you know people say, what about you know like local farms and everything that represents the smallest percentage right. of the total meat production in the world and right. uh, so yeah if you're if you're getting all your meat from a local farm, you never shop at a grocery store because even whole Foods. I mean, they have they have sustainably raised things. That's not. They, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's a label. Point. I don't think you know, that Jeff Bezos is exactly, going down there. You know, the organic place. is a label you pay for. It's not a label that you always earn. And as a matter of fact, you can. Whoa, with, whoa, uh, wait! Explain that. Okay, so we'll take chicken
0: eggs for, for instance.
1: Yeah. You know, they say cage free. Uh, well, the organic label on on chicken eggs. Is, I just want to make sure I get this right. No, is it free range or organic? God. Uh, well, let me let me start with this. So so, so if, if it's labeled free range, you can have a building with 20,000 hens in it. If it has a door at the end, it can be called free, free range. range. Be, nice. But, you know, any of the animals living on the other end of that never get to see, you know, right. the light of day because they don't know there's a door there. So and what about so
2: pasture raised?
1: Pasture raised is, I mean, another another thing. I mean, the pasture raised beef ends up at the same place right. as the factory farm beef you know, at the end right. of the day, okay. it's great, please treat your animals well before you kill them for their meat, but at right. the end of the day, it boils down to two things, it's not necessary for us, we don't live on an island, we don't live in the right. crustacean period, you know, crustacean, no, it's not crust- <laughs> crustacean, no, that's, that's a crustacean, uh, that's, a, that's shellfish,
3: hold on, anyway, I'm saying yeah.
1: that we're not 20,000 years ago, yeah. our species is 60,000 years old, we're not living in the dirt anymore, yeah. you know, right. and so it, it's just not necessary, and the other thing is I, I want, my, I want my, my actions to live where
0: my morals are.
1: And yeah. I would never treat an animal the way that they're treated. I, I'd never, I wouldn't slaughter an
0: animal. It's incongruous to you to feel this way that you do about the world and about animals and etc. And about yourself and everything. Everything yeah. that you are. But then to fuel yourself by eating that food that is, is created in that way
1: yeah yeah I mean this is but it's it's a very sore subject for lots of people because what happens is I say I don't eat animals because of animal cruelty and they turn that around to me say you're cruel to animals because you're eating it yeah and I'm I'm literally I no, I get that correlation I do yeah because I'm I'm not trying to say it is hard to sugarcoat it and it's hard to talk about with a lot of people because meat I mean, I for me, I, I, I love meat. I think yeah. it's delicious. Absolutely. It's their identity. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's that. And, and just, I I just want to do no harm. I, I do unto others as they would do unto you, you know. I don't think that applies just to humans. I mean, pigs are smarter than dogs. Cows have emotional bonds with their babies that mm-hmm. are taken away just, I mean, people talk about milk, you know, vegan. Because, you know, vegetarian and veganism, the difference is vegetarians eat eggs and milk products and vegans don't. Right. And, I mean... God, we could get into that. I mean, well, fuck it. This is a podcast and I'm here. Let's get into let's do it. it. Yeah, so, let's do it. the the egg industry is 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 horrible for one thing. They right. say free range and right, that right, means I got a hole at the end. By the way, I think
0: you guys want some of this gum if we're going to really dive in. It's quite good. I'd love some cinnamon. It might be it might be vegan. There's also lemongrass turmeric and cayenne. Wait a second. What the flavor is this? Check out the other one. Maple,
1: lemon, charcoal, cayenne. I don't I literally I was at this you gas station like and I was like, "What is this? This looks I like, like it.
0: I was like, am I just paying for this fancy label? And then I checked out the ingredients, and I was like, this is kind of cool. All
1: right, I guess I'll just... Wait, what flavor does that say? say? This
2: one's pretty good. Lemongrass, turmeric, cayenne. I, I think
1: spice I want green, this one, even. okay? Yeah. Because I wanted
2: to clarify one thing that you said that people turn your veganism back on you and say that you are cruel to animals? No,
1: I say that... they. No, not at all. they 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 They, they turn my veganism... If I say eating meat is cool to animals, yeah, they think to themselves, "I'm being cool to animals. Uh, right. I, I like animals. I'm right. not cool uh, to I animals
0: because saying. I'm not saying. killing them." Well, it's a little bit of a pattern interrupt, and then they are forced to like view their own incongruencies. Exactly. So they get upset because I'm, I'm they think, I, they you're, think you're I'm saying you're you're an animal abuser. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly, and and. I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, I thought of a great analogy the other day that's that sort of the equivalence of this. So you buy a steak, you're not killing the animal.
0: Nope.
1: Directly. You, you buy child porn, you're not raping the child. Ooh. You know? However, the child is still being abused so support and you could go to jail for a long time for paying someone else to abuse that child on your behalf. And you should. And you sh- obviously <laughs> you should, but for some reason the same logic doesn't apply to these animals. Like you right. like you would never, I mean, if, if, if somebody had a goat, for instance, you know, right. they would never put it in their, their bathroom yeah. for four years, take it out, you know, feed it and, and, and,
0: and, right. and water it, of course,
1: but leave it in the, you, you wouldn't leave it in your bathroom for four years and then slaughter it,
0: you know, for its meat. Caroline, is that an example of a cognitive dissonance or cognitive bias bias that you can't draw that you can't see how that is that you are part of that game if an individual can't yes see that. I
2: think that's what you're saying I think people what you're saying is if you they, they can't compute yeah, but, that cognitive yeah. dissonance that they are not a terrible person and yet they're supporting Their an industry that's really immoral
0: yeah and I, I think that for people's people's diets not like, oh, I'm on a trendy diet, but like your diet is like the food that you eat on a, on a daily habitual basis. I think that it, it kind of falls into a category similar to either like religion or totally. in our world, uh, vo- like which voice teacher you study with and like what your technique yeah. is or politics. your uh, politics, yes. it's like, yeah. it is identity it instead is like of identity. talking about, you know, it's not, it's, it's this thing that you do that you can change People yeah. see all of these things less and less as this part of this thing that you can change, and it's more like, oh, it's it's me. Your your technique is bad. Now you're saying I'm bad. Yeah. No, no, I said you just don't cover and you don't keep it in the column. Yeah. I didn't say you're a, you're a terrible yeah. human. Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's a you know people instead of giving an a, 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 um, an intellectual reaction, there's an emotional reaction. Yes. And that's what I that's what I run into that so much with with I mean getting personal with my family especially. You know, and I, I don't, I don't want to put anything on people I have vegan conversations with by saying, well, they just feel guilty, or they just feel this, because only they know what they actually feel. All I can say is that when I. By the
0: way, this gum is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Wait, not a fan of this gum. I think the gum knows <laughs> that it's terrible, so it has a thing you just like... Oh, sp- yeah. That <laughs> That's incredible.
2: Self-conscious gum. Oh, well,
1: yeah, or this is for rolling, you know... <laughs> yeah. a, the world's smallest cigarette. Small. The, the smallest cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. As I spit this gum... And it, look, it, it, it is even the... Cu- anyway, you know what? Never mind. People at home... Simply gum might not be <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, so I get a, I get a real emotional reaction from people because they, they either don't, it, it's, uh, for, and oddly, oddly enough, most of the conversations I end up having about veganism happen at a meal. And that's the worst time to have a vegan <laughs> conversation. I t- I've stopped doing it. I just tell people, yeah. this is a really bad time to have a conversation. And I swear, nine times out of ten, people are like, oh, no, it's okay. We can do this. Right.
0: I'm like, <sighs> So, you want to know where that steak came from yeah, and how exactly. it came to be? I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I
1: mean, it, it's it's just rough I mean it's just not it, it's just not necessary and it's, it's, it's I mean it's it's a very selfless act to just sort of because I was going to say it's very selfish to eat meat but instead I'm trying to turn it on myself it's a selfless act to, to think about others than yourself you know and again I, I there, there, there's so many arguments against it I guess I can talk about myself the reason I, I did it was because of cholesterol so at first it was health Yep. And then it became about in the environment because I don't know if you know this, but I mean there, there are lots of studies about this. But oh, around two thousand gallons of water used to make a pound of beef. Yeah, the the you conspiracy. Know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that conspiracy says it's more than that, but I I looked it up and I've, I I mean the meat industry says it's four hundred, but they take into account the cow's feces and urine going right. back into the exactly. water table, so it's really uh, atro- right. uh, atrociously atrociously low. Yeah. And uh, so I, I I think it's around two thousand gallons you know per pound of meat when it takes 25 gallons of water to grow a pound of wheat you know and so especially with the hunger we have in this world we grow i think it's 70 percent of all the the vegetables we grow not vegetables but all the what do you call it that we feed to animals it's the uh, it's not oats it's oats wheats, grain corn there is a subsection that is called that i can't remember what the name of it but anyway all of that stuff we grow we feed it to animals Right, instead of humans, you right. know. So, and it's just
0: to fatten them up.
1: Exactly to fatten them up, along with the antibiotics and every. I mean, yeah, the, animals account for eighty percent of the antibiotics sold in the world. Like eighty percent go to animals, twenty percent go to humans. Whoa, that is. Yeah, so it's it's it's. I mean, when you look at the, the the numbers on all this stuff, I mean, and really, I'm I'm a very numbers based, intellectually yeah. sort of based guy. I like to think. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm emotional about things too, but. When things start adding up in this direction, yeah. I mean, it became the trifecta of changing my mind. You right. know, environment, personal health, which is the one that can be argued the most, quite right. honestly. Yeah. You know, I think yeah, that yeah, one exactly. can be argued well on both sides. Right.
0: Because, you know, you are getting something from an egg. But right. the yep. solution, But the solution for, like, this works for Lucas because... It got you the results that you wanted in your cholesterol yeah. and for your for your health insurance. Oh, I should say that. Yeah. But but that I mean, you know, I assume so, otherwise, you know. It did. You know,
1: it did. Right? My cholesterol got to be actually a little too low and they asked me to put
0: more fats into my diet. Avocado. Avocado so, nuts. Yeah. So uh, but then it also happens to like converge with a bunch of other things that are really important to you that you didn't yeah. even realize was an actionable thing for you to make a part of your life. Yeah. So that's badass.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, you know, because I, I actually would like to talk about dairy and eggs. Yeah. Um, so if you think about, let's start with dairy. Yeah. And people think milk cows just, milk falls out of them. They don't just fall out of them. They're forcibly impregnated. <laughs> and <it> is, <laughs> They're kept pregnant. They're, they're consistently, yes. uh, they're forcibly impregnated. And if you're if you're a feminist, obviously you would be against the forced impregnation of, yes. of just about any being. So let's call it what it you is: know. cows are being raped. Yeah, c- cows are being raped, and um, and cows have. I mean, cows develop bonds with with humans, and they all like if there's cows in a herd, they have best friends. Oh. Cows <laughs> cry for up to three days after their babies are taken away from them. So what happens to give milk? Cows are forcibly impregnated. They give baby. They give birth to a baby. If that baby's unlucky enough to be a male, it lives for another two weeks, and then it's slaughtered for veal. But the point is, is that that baby is taken away from the mother right away because that milk that that cow is producing is made for a baby cow. Yeah. I mean, so, that baby is taken away from the cow. The cow has extreme emotional distress over this because it's a sentient being. And, um... So then that cow is milked, and then the process begins all over again. Uh, and that, so that cow is forcibly impregnated for three to five years. Dairy cows, dairy cows live on average three to five years. Their natural lifespan is 20 to 25, right. at which point they end up at the same place as any other cow, which is becoming hamburger. So um, it's, not, it's not humane. They're, and then we talk about the milk itself. It's full of antibiotics. It's full of, There's a pus quota. In milk, in dairy milk, yeah. there's actually a quota of oh. pus, that bus, yes. <laughs> yes. pus that is allowable, <laughs> acceptable pus that is allowed. But, but
0: also, though, then you're drinking the milk that is coming from this cow mm. that is flooded with whatever cow. I don't if they have the same hormones, but like must be just flooded with cortisol and stress yeah. hormones, and it's like that. Absolutely, that affects the quality of this product.
1: Absolutely, and, and but I mean the bigger thing here is that we're drinking the milk of another animal that isn't a human intended. you know So <laughs> that's the weirdest you wouldn't drink Ooh. dog milk or cat milk or Ooh. rats milk or, or kangaroo milk you know but somehow we drink cow's milk and don't get me wrong paleo people would go crazy hearing this but but or maybe not maybe you're a paleo person you're reasonable but <laughs> we would drink milk because it was a very viable source of, of of nutrients right back in the day but we don't live in dirt huts anymore you know there is so many and by the way if you're looking to go vegan Almond milk is amazing, and the best brand is Califia almond milk. It's my okay. favorite brand. Trader Joe's also has a really good one, too. Uh, that's the Trader Joe's brand. But uh, anyway, so that's the milk industry in a very small nutshell. The egg industry, God, it's it's pretty horrific. So um, yeah, I don't drink milk, but I do eat a lot of eggs. So I'm yeah. I'm well, going to have my heart broken. Maybe not after this. So, uh, so the egg industry, I mean, th- this is the thing. I'm very passionate about this, as you probably can tell. And I've, I've, I've educated myself thusly. You know, so that I can have these conversations. So the egg industry is—I um, don't know. Did you did y'all ever grow up like with a, a incubation sort of thing with eggs, and you hatched an egg in your classroom or something like that? I did that uh, when I was in, like third yeah. grade. You know, when those baby yeah. chicks are like right there, they're still soft. So okay, imagine that, but huge facilities, you know. And if you're, un, you're, it's either lucky or unlucky depending upon what you want your life to be. But as soon as those chicks are hatched. are male on average, 50% are female. Every one of the males are not financially viable to raise to adulthood and then slaughter. So what happens is they go directly into a macerator, uh, uh, incinerator, or uh, are suffocated alive at age day one. These sweet little chicks that, you know, and again, this is tough to talk about, but, but, that's what happens to them. So no, so half of all chickens aren't even getting to your plate because they're, they're fucking being incinerated they're, or they're suffocated. Being burned alive. Yeah. So what is a what's yes. getting really
0: gross? What is a macerator? Is that what I think it is? Like yeah, a blender? It, yeah, it's a blender basically. Jeez. And so it's imagine that little chick that you oh. grew up with holding it in your hand and just crumpling
1: it in your hand, oh. doing this, you know. So that's what happens to them. And then uh, the ones that are are that become broiler hens. Or egg-laying hens are the ones that um, that survive, and yeah. then they go into you know I mean they live horrible lives themselves. They're shitting on top of each other. If you're buying, the the the, the good the good thing is that some of the labels are true that they're not in pins you know shitting right. on top of each other and the you know the bottom you never want to be the bottom yeah, chicken exactly. you know in those places, and uh, some of them so are like, true that they, they they do get to run around and they're not on right. top of each other like that. And those uh, those are normally the more expensive eggs. Right. But in the in the industry, you can pay the grade, the grading process. Of how, to, how do you say it? I think it's I, God. It's been a while since I looked this up, but I think it's the free range label is you for sale. Pay for
3: it.
1: It's you no, know, it's for sale to uh, the, the, the people that judge that come at different levels of judgment. Mm. So so you can pay less money. Uh, to an organization that comes in and says whether or not you're free range and get the stamp of free range. That's why you go to a grocery store and you see free range and you'll see the, 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 the price for a dozen eggs goes from $2.99 to $8.99. I've seen yeah, them for, yeah. for really expensive oh, wow. you know, at, at a grocery store. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the more expensive ones are the ones that pay the top rating system to gotcha. rate it. That, and they're actually that real sense. free range. So the oh. grading process itself is for sale. Gotcha. If that makes sense, but the varies. standards
0: also correspondingly get higher.
1: Yes, exactly. So the more you pay for eggs, normally the nicer those those chickens have been treated, and that's true. But the for me, it seems like if you're going to have a process of standards by the the you know the FDA, that it should be all the same standard, you know, rather right. than being yeah, able absolutely. to pay right. to have a shittier standard so that you can save money right. on, yeah. you know, chickens. Like I cut a hole in my barn the right. size exactly. of. A chicken, so that now I can call it free range. You know, it's right. it's it's just ludicrous. So I mean, it's all it's all it's all advertised So if there. you're gonna eat eggs,
0: it is you worth should
2: raise your own chickens. is basically yeah, probably yeah. what you
0: would want. Honestly, do. I got I got no issues with that. Yeah, you know really. that's I, I hope I hope someday you end up at Glimmerglass because there's a lot of um, room around there. There's a lot of like small farms. And embarrassingly, I remember going there this summer for my second summer and being like, ah, I'm going to go hit that guy up for it. Because he just, there's so many of these, but like one guy right outside of Cherry Valley has, or not outside of, um, yeah, Cherry Valley has just chickens running around in his yard. Yeah. And you can walk up to his door and he's just got a big basket of eggs that are laid. And like you can see them and there's like turkeys and, you know. Didn't do it, but so that's the way to do that's it. That's so Romanian, by the way. Is like,
1: it? Like, yeah, when, when my wife's Romanian, we go to Romania, and there are these people that have fruit trees on their property, and they just pick it and sit on the road all day. These old, old people. Right. And they just sell little baskets of fruit, that's you go awesome. and get cherries and strawberries. Anyway, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think that's the least of our problems, because, again, that
0: represents a percentage of a percentage yeah. of the eggs that are being consumed. God. That's really... And, and it, when you really think about it, it just opens up like a lot of bigger issues. Like You're like, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet. How do all of them get food and what kind of quality of food is yeah. sustainable to create at that scale? You know, we kill 50 billion animals a year. Jesus. 500,000 animals. We being humanity and, at large. Yeah, the globe.
1: In the United States, 500,000 animals an hour are killed. So it's, it's, it's really, I don't want to say epidemic, but it's gotten pretty bad. But luckily, you know, people are changing, you know, with the amount of food, with the Impossible Burger, with brands like Gardein
0: and Beyond Beef. Wait, what's the best place to get an Impossible Burger? So, the the Impossible Burger is this burger that is created, you know, it's impossible to create a burger that is meatless, but that will be as satisfying as a burger. And there's a company called the Impossible Burger that did it through the creation of what they call Heen, which we, I think, Somebody pointed out to us it's hemoglobin and that's why it's called heme. Oh, yeah. You want to share on the Impossible Burger? Yeah, well, they need yeah, to sponsor it, it, you.
1: First of all, that was a really great intro to the Impossible Burger. I have to say, most people don't know that about it. No, the, So, yeah, the Impossible Burger, I have to say, and I'm very honest about taste. You know, I, I'm honest with, with meat eaters and vegans alike. You know, I went through a lot of trial and error to figure out what I liked yeah. and what I didn't like, and I threw away a lot of terrible vegan dishes, yeah. which there are a lot of. But there are also a lot of great vegan dishes and great vegan cookbooks. Like there's this girl, her name's Chloe. God, I can't remember her last name. But she has a, 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 a cupcake chain called Buy Chloe that's become a restaurant chain. And she won Cupcake Wars as a vegan. Whoa. So like, you know, she's a vegan baker. It's like there's so many great vegan cookbooks out there. But anyway, to get back to the Impossible Burger, um, first of all, it's delicious. Yeah, I Yeah, it's pretty good. I, White Castle is now serving the Impossible Burger. White Castle, so I mean, like, really, Ooh. this place, this—it's blowing up right now. And um, so, the Impossible Burger is—they they basically said, "What makes vegan meat not taste like meat?" And mm. they realized it was fat content and blood. Right. So, what they did is they created vegan blood and it's called heme like you said and uh, again I do think that stands for well, it's, it's kind of a take on hemoglobin but there is, it is an acronym for something yeah. and um, yeah it's just
0: this delicious meat tasting burger that you that eat you before can get. every show <laughs>
1: I eat before almost every show yes I really do
0: what's the best right. spot to get to get an impossible burger in New York?
1: Oh, in New York? You know what? Bear Burger's got the impossible burger and they've got delicious burgers I like that place because their fries are also great mm-hmm. um Oh, what's the one? Umami Burger. Okay. Um, I mean, there, there's a ton of places that sell the Impossible Burger. I mean, yeah. so you can get it. However, now they've been talking about coming out with the Impossible 2.0, mm-hmm. which is the second level of Impossible Burger, which they're going to start selling at grocery stores. They say that the Impossible Burger was a test to yeah. see if they could get some traction. And they've gotten, really, I remember when I when I was in New York and it came out, we ate, we ate the Impossible Burger in L.A., In one place, because they had it in two places in LA and like two places in New York, we ate it here. Now there are hundreds of places that have the the Impossible Burger in LA and in New York, you know? Everyone's picking it up because it's delicious. And so the Impossible 2.0 is supposed to be an improvement on a burger that's already pretty damn delicious. So anyway, so uh, yeah, I recommend you try it. Just give it a whirl, see what you think.
2: You said that the
1: Impossible Burger is going to be sold through grocery stores as well. Impossible 2.0, they're, they're, they're moving that direction. They're waiting for That's FDA awesome. approval. That's awesome. So, anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, it's such trial and error, though. And there's so many resources out there, though, if you want to give veganism a shot or at least, yeah. you know, fact check me. Please, fact check me. I would love for you to fact check me because if I'm wrong, I'm not that, not very far
0: off because <laughs> it's pretty horrible. The Impossible Burger's uh, profile, though, looks, looks pretty impressive. It's like 17 grams of fat. Four four grams of carbs and like twenty seven grams of protein per four ounces. It is almost the equivalent of a burger yeah. in calories too. So it's
1: not yeah. healthy for you. It's not it's not a healthy option. You know, get right. a black bean burger if you want a healthy option. But the
0: Impossible Burger is it's a macro friendly way to get more protein into and fat into a vegan diet. Yeah. So
2: then I have a question about just. I think there are some people that agree that the that the vegan diet is morally sound Mm -hmm. um that it is viable financially and just possible in general with concerns just about micro and macronutrient content Mm -hmm. of the diet and i imagine that that it that it's something that that you have to sort of make sure you're you, you could you could spend your whole day eating chips and salsa, right? Yeah, or
1: Oreos. Right, or <laughs> yes. Oreos. Exactly. Oreos are vegan.
2: So how do, you, how do you make sure that you're feeling yourself as a singer?
1: I just eat green things every now and again. <laughs> yeah. That's really, that's honestly, I'm really being honest here. I, I don't, I should probably take supplements and I do every now and again. Right. You know, because B12 is something that's hard to find in a vegan diet. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, so, but, you know, f- fiber is hard to find in an all-meat diet. Yep. So, I mean, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, people talk about protein and there is so much protein in a vegan diet. Yeah, exactly. You know, a pound of spinach has, was it more protein than a pound of beef or uh, almost as much? Broccoli uh, is one of the broccoli? things.
2: Broccoli? Per calorie is yeah. one of the highest protein. There you go. So,
1: I mean, it's yeah. just such a, such a, a thrown away vegan dismisser that, yeah. and it's hard for, anyway. But to talk about nutrients and stuff, that, that's why I say that, that it's easy to talk about the environment and how bad factory farming is and animal abuse. Those two are just winners in the vegan column hundred yeah, exactly. percent all the time. Totally. But then you get into personal health. Yeah. And it becomes such a personal a thing when people become emotionally attached to, you know? Don't attack my diet. This is my life. This is my diet. Yeah. This is my choice. And um and you know, that's where you can you can argue things like eggs, you know. Eggs eggs have one egg has sixty six percent of your daily cholesterol. One egg. Mm-hmm. And nobody's ever ever had a one egg omelet.
0: You know, so it's like you eat, me. you eat
1: two eggs, and you're at what's that, 132 percent of your daily cholesterol. But then they say it's good cholesterol. So you know, it, 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 you get into such a quagmire with talking about health that you just really need to do some research yourself, yeah, and, and, and figure and out what works for you and what out, makes sense yeah, to you. Yeah, if you eat the Impossible Burger and you break out in the hives, don't eat the Impossible yeah, Burger. Exactly. You know, but I do know that when you cook a pound of bacon and you pour the grease off that shit settles in the can just like it does in your veins. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. and, and and that's why the World Health Organization has classified both red meat, processed meat, and I read bacon recently, but I, I didn't read it on the World Health Organization mm-hmm. site, so I'm not going to put bacon on the bet. Red meat and processed meat as a class one carcinogenic on the same level as cigarettes.
0: Damn!
1: So, it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy as, as news food, comes out. Food for thought. So, <laughs> so
0: yep. So uh, I'm working on my my dad jerks <laughs> as well, even though you know that's that's farther off than your fatherhood. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this Wait, could be a nice little pivot. What's the due date? June third. Oh man. We're finding out the sex on Friday. Ooh, cool. Yeah, are you going nice. to share that? or Are you going to keep that to yourself?
1: We haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. I know we're pretty. Public with stuff.
0: Why do you want to know the. Oh my god, I showed Caroline the video of you finding out.
1: Irina, was, when you listen
0: to this, that was good. <laughs> nice.
1: That was in DC in the, one of the practice yeah. films. She was because she was playing Germon. you know, yeah. she's playing Di Provenza. And we, we do a lot of social media stuff. So I'm like, she's got the camera set up. Yeah, this right, is right, just right. another <laughs> yeah, social yeah, media yeah, plug yeah. for me singing <laughs> Germont. And I'm like blah blah blah, and you know, I don't, yeah. if you haven't seen it, she starts playing Brahms Lullaby. You know, what what, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> what? Are you? And so I'm smiling. I'm, I'm thinking she's doing this for a reason because she's smart and social media savvy. So I'm just <laughs> in it. I'm like, yes, that's great. Very good, you know? And then she's like, why am I playing this? I was like, I have no idea what to play this. You know? And then she drops it on me. that We're going to be parents. And... It was an amazing video. Go, yeah. I can't Washing wait.
2: Watching from home, there was not a dry eye. In the yeah. House. Oh, yeah I might, really I might even
0: shed, shed a manly tear. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Thanks. All right, man. so... so... You know me and you like each other. That's very really nice. Um, okay, so you've got your diet figured out, obviously. You've got singing, like singing has... Has you know you have figured out what works for you with singing? Yeah, what are you it's doing good to good. stay in shape? Because, like, I spied the tricep gains, you know, coming through your shirt in, oh, in yeah. rehearsal, and I was like, Yeah, Lucas looks like he could lift something or you know, throw out throw a good punch. Draw yeah, uh, throw a oh, I can the throw football. football. And you for know, a you, mile. you're you're you have like workout for you know how to work out for singers without hurting your voice. Like, yeah, that was one yeah, yeah. The first videos I saw. I hope you was. enjoyed that because I feel yeah, like sure you're
1: more did. proficient proficient with this than me. Yeah,
0: so I want to just keep your you know, like I have we each of us has like our own philosophy on like you know what what works and what doesn't work for your voice. Yeah, I want to hear from you though. Well, first of all, I have to say that I used to quantify how far away something
1: was. It was pretty close with how, far, how many times I'd have to throw a football to hit it. So <laughs> I, I go, oh, that's Starbucks. That's, I can throw a football three times when you get there. 25 football. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh,' that's a hike. <laughs> no, I never got to 25, honestly. That, that, you know, if it was two to six, I'm like, I can throw a football. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, for me personally these days, honestly, I'm really into rock climbing. Yeah, I'm I'm climbing a lot of rocks these days. That's a, <laughs> a hell of a workout. Yeah, I it's imagine. it's it's fun. You know, I just, ah, people sometimes poo-poo spoty Jimmy places, but it gets me there. It just makes me show up. I joined the Equinox on 67th in Columbus. It's a good spot. It's a pretty sweet gym. That's a ridiculous gym. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I and I'm paying so much that guilt <laughs> alone. Makes me go to the gym. What you pay,
0: you pay attention
1: to. It, there you go. Very well said. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm not saying everyone has to do that to get to the gym because, God, I could, I used to. But if you're work paying 200 bucks for a membership, yeah, you're,
2: you're going. going to
0: is, gym. That, is that how much the <laughs> flagship Equinox is? So, quick spiel about the flagship Equinox. I'm not going to name the price because you know what that is for you to determine. See value as you will, not price. But you can get a, what's it called? The membership pass to all of the Equinoxes. But the flagship Equinox is its own thing. It is its own thing, and you know what? And it's more. It's it is more on top of that because they. I mean, I'll just. They have a two two to three story locker room. Yeah, they they do. It's two. Well, it is three stories actually, if you take
1: into account because there, there there's like there's even inside that Equinox a a executive locker room. So oh for the people who pay $25,000 a year. I don't know how much they pay. Yeah. Anyway, so but
2: What's so great about that locker room? We have to
1: know. I have never been to the it's, executive it's, locker room. They don't let schmucks it's, like me in. It's there's more- a
2: gym in LA that does your laundry for you by the time that you're done working out, oh, which is know. which sounds I know they
1: do
0: your laundry. I think they need more time than that though. Oh. Yeah. There's Yeah, I think that there's something like you can look this up when you feel like like get really deep into like a wormhole gym membership. Uh, prices and things. Yeah, I think Equinox has this thing where it's like $25,000 a year and you get your own locker room and then like your own personal trainer forever. Damn, that's yeah. pretty dope. It's that's like awesome. the black card from American
1: Express. Yeah. Anyway, well, let me, I want to I quantify this a little bit because there have been a lot of times in my life where I've thought either I'm an adult now because I have this thing or I've made it. And I give you example of I'm an adult. Like when I was when I, when I was went to college, I thought if I get a garbage disposal, I'm an adult. Then it was if I get a dishwasher, I'm an That's adult. That's So then accurate. It's, if I get yes. a washer dryer, I'm an adult. You That's know, when like, it's up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those quantifiers, I thought I'm a real professional. It was it was ten years ago, almost to the day that I made my debut in War and Peace, and I walked by that Equinox. It was the Reebok Club at the time. Yeah. And I would look up at it and think, one day, if, if I can join this team, I'll have made it. And I, I did this, I, I went, the, not this Boheme I just sang, but the last time I sang Boheme at the Met, I went there, and I still thought that. I thought, and I didn't do it. I didn't join it, because I thought, that's too expensive, I'm not joining it. Yeah. And then, so I just want you to know, it's not just that I go to that Equinox and I join it, and I've always worked out right, at Equinox. Right, right, right. Like, I worked out at really shitty times yeah. most of my life. And that was a, this is kind of a milestone for me to even be able to join a gym like that. So yeah. it's more of, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want your people at home to think that I've just been handed everything, you know, cause yeah. I mean, I grew up in a very, uh, I'd say, well, m- middle income is too high and poor is too low, but yeah, you know, like a family, my well. mom was a teacher, yeah. stepdad was a landscape architect and you know, I worked. I've worked since I was 15, you know. Like, I what was first job? Team? Installing liner pools. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. I used to hop in the back of a truck at 5 o'clock in the morning and uh, drive around North and South Carolina and, and install liner pools. 15. And uh, anyway, so, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, you know, there's some people that are handed a lot of stuff or that come from wealthy families, and I'm just not one of those. So this Equinox means more than just I can work out in a nice place. Yeah. It means, like... I don't know. I really, I really do feel like you know, I made it somehow. It's like, yeah. it's like a, a, line in the sand that I'm, I've crossed somehow. Yeah. You
0: are like, dude. That makes perfect sense to me. It's like you don't yeah. get to have something really until you, you've earned it, and you earned, that. Yeah. That's badass, Carolyn, What was your first job?
2: Oh, I worked at uh, our the pool down the street. Yeah, I served ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Caroline. Was That's so I was cute. Routine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Fifth, that,
0: that awkward point when you're like, shit, I can't drive there, but I need to get there. <laughs> yeah, and was it was
2: just down the street, so I could just walk down from yeah. my house to Oh, it.
0: that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that what was, nice. was your first job? Uh, I worked for Epicurean Catering in yeah. Denver, Colorado.
1: All right. It
0: was, uh, And I was not old enough to serve, but they didn't really care, so they just were like, whatever, don't tell anybody. Sorry, Epicurean. You guys are great. Love your food. Thanks for hiring me. Yeah. Um, I had a great time. And then when people like start, they paid really, really well, this was when... Medium or minimum wage was like five twenty five. I was getting paid eight twenty five, and then I remember I was doing some like governor's ball or something fancy, and I was just like you know serving champagne, and somebody handed me a dollar, and I was like, "Woo! Oh, I get to do okay. I'll get some more." And then yeah, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Well, we digress. So when you go to this Equinox, what do you do besides sit in that nice steam room? Oh. Steam, I steam, <laughs> boy, do I steam!
1: Um, I, you know what? These days, if I get in there and sweat, I'm happy with whatever I do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I um, will play basketball a little bit. Honestly, my knees don't hold up anymore. I, I, mean, I'm, 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 I'm a hoop star from way back when. I gotta say, I played a lot of basketball. Can my you time. dunk? Uh, there was a time. What? There was Come a time. on. No, man. I just, honestly, I just can't do it. So, you know, I'm normally. Climbing. I'm normally climbing. Really? I'm warming up, and climbing, doing a few push-ups in between, you know. Uh, and then if I'm not climbing, I'm doing uh, either, like, sort of a mix of weight room and machine stuff. Yeah. Uh, I normally like to start off five minutes on the bike just to get everything sort of warm, get a little bit of a schvitz on and, you know, just get it beginning, right. heart rate level up. And uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of it, man. I'm pretty basic. Uh, when I'm in Minneapolis, though, which is where I live, I've got a trainer there and I go see her and she kicks my butt and Yeah, she just, she hands it to me. Yeah, we're doing all sorts of crazy lunges and, and, and
0: like sled pulls and, yeah. and, and, uh, That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. So do you find that that, like, what is, what is, do you think that strength and fitness plays a role in being a useful opera singer?
1: Uh... It's funny, my inclination is to say no, because it should be all about the voice, but in this climate of opera that, uh, I mean, I, hope, I feel like we're coming to the end of it with, yeah. you know, with Me Too and No Body Shaming and that sort of stuff. We're coming, hopefully, to a new, new period in opera where you don't have to have six-pack abs to sing Billy Budd. You can just be a great singer and yeah. write for the role because maybe Billy Budd Bud didn't look like that. Maybe he
0: was just a yeah. guy.
1: The you know the, the words they used to describe him in the opera. I think there are only two describing words: uh, beauty, good. handsomeness, good. Goodness, goodness. Maybe five, and then they called him the big lad with the stammer. Yep. You know, and so sounds like me, right? That is good. So no, I love the role of Billy. So, I, but the, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that you know. I, I it's if you're prettier and you sound good you're going to do better than an yeah. uglier who sounds good on the same level you right. know and, and god that sounds like a terrible sound bite but no, i mean but I, I just it's it's a shame yeah but it's you, a shame do you
2: think that training your body gives you any sort of proprio, proprioceptive awareness that could benefit you regardless of size
1: you know this is this is a great question and i feel like because you guys are very healthy it's good to think positive about it. But as yeah. many people think mm. positive about it, right. it gives
0: them an excuse to say, this is why I'm not succeeding. This is why I'm singing poorly. Yes. So then let because me... Because I've worked out yes. so, so yes. then yeah. let me make sure... So let me just set this up so that we don't leave any room for misunderstanding. Yes. What I'm asking is, I completely agree with you that I think that it is... Uh, I think that suspension of disbelief is something that everybody buys into when you get a ticket and you sit down. So, of course, I'm like, if you are not ripped with six-pack abs, I mean, like, let's say like, you know... Nathan and, uh, and Bill look great in that Pearl Fisher's duet, but I am not going to, and they sound great too, but I am not going to, as an audience member, think that I lose anything if you, if you aren't that jacked, because I think that people just want to hear good singing and see believable acting and relationships on stage. My singers question, want to. The public doesn't. Hmm. You think the public wants those abs? I think they do. Okay. We're going to have to come... Okay. We'll come back to that. Sorry. So, that's not the question my question is to you, as a... Not, it is not up for debate whether or not you're a great singer. As a masterful singer and student of the craft, do you find that being active in whatever shape or form and doing something good for your body, like for you, going going vegan, and not saying that you have closed weights, but just being strong and useful, being able to pull a sled, being able to climb a rock, do you find that that makes you a better singer? Does that influence your singing in a positive way?
1: Yeah, I I, I, I want to say yes because I know how important it is for people to do that. Yeah, but I want to make sure that it is if it's a strictly vocal question that it's true.
0: Strictly strictly you know? vocal. Does because that?
1: Pavarotti wasn't climbing walls. You know, <laughs> yes. and and there's some people. I think these days it, it's become a little anecdotal that that you don't just sing you do all these other things mm-hmm. you have a social media account yeah. you're the you're you you have to look good so you have to work out and it just didn't used to be that way you know you used to just i used to study with your voice teacher every year every day and you know you mm-hmm. live basically right. with them yeah, in the town exactly. and you work with them all the time until you were proficient enough to maybe sing most
2: grad school wasn't even a thing you know exactly <laughs> so the
1: business has changed so much and so we're saying that if you don't work out you can't Sing well or you can't sing better than if you didn't work out. I honestly don't know if it's true unless we're talking about
0: simply having breast support to run around on stage in a difficult production. And that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. It's like or it's like, you know, for the technique that you have, and let's say like, let's go to 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 Germain, like those long awesome Belcanto lines, do you think that just having physical strength makes you a better singer? Not that it's, in, take away like any, free yourself of any connotations of like yeah. physical strength comes with tension, but just like, you know, does being the kind of guy who is maybe as strong as Billy Bud, able to hold fast onto a rope? Does being That's able- a
2: different question though. That's a different question than how does it physically oh, okay. impact your... Because uh, well if you have some sort of, well, this is my opinion, you are, this is an invitation for you to disagree. If you disagree. Disagree. It, I think that having some sort of kinesthetic ability to move yourself in a convincing way is important no matter how you look. Because you can be 120 pounds in a total model, but you move like you ha- you're you just discovering gravity. <laughs> you're like, you know uh, I mean, that's not what's, a, what's Ricky
0: Bobby. You know, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, yeah. You know, there is no fix <laughs> right. for that. But so does. So
2: I think some sort of physical activity is yeah. should being, ideally encourage uh, encourage that as a skill. But but does, that's very different than just so,
0: being a healthy person, person who gets his schvitz on and does something with their body, and who eats in a way that you know you're doing good for yourself. Does that make you a better singer?
1: I feel better about myself, so I guess personally that feels good. But when I was Love eating and love fat. <laughs> I honestly feel like I sang just as well as when I'm less yeah. love fatty. You know, I will say this, that there's some people that have extreme weight loss. And my opinion on that is when you lose 100 pounds, is that a lot of times the voice goes away because I, I feel like you're used to... It's almost like you're used to singing
0: with a girdle. Yeah. And you
1: don't have anything to push against anymore. And all of a sudden, your
0: breath support gets out of whack. It's, so it's not really that losing weight or whatever is bad for your voice it's that you need to be really conscious of what is working for you now and how to keep that working while you undergo a change yeah
1: that's that's true but honestly i i I want the answer to be yes to your question Yeah. Yeah. but i think it's no because i look at so many people that are in the past have been overweight and are just killer singers and i feel like if they got in shape They'd still be killer singers, or if they didn't, they're always killer singers. And know? I would.
0: So, which which one do you want to want to align yourself with? Because I, to me, I think like when I look back, yes, for every Pavarotti, we also have Sam Raimi. We also have a Corelli. Sam Raimi is naturally skinny, though, and don't get oh, me so wrong. We're
2: talking about weight
1: loss. No, I'm talking about exercise. Okay. I'm saying if that if you exercise oh, see, more. And lose weight and become a healthier person in that way. I don't think it affects your voice that much. But if you, it,
0: it, but it just you it'll know, affect your career a ton, right? In a positive yeah, in yeah, a positive yeah. way, in and positive a, also mean way. like, oh, you can guess what? Instead of you know maybe singing for twenty years or you know something happens now you can sing forever, or you know being it opens up a lot of possibilities for you. Yeah. So it's maybe the actual adduction and phonation, etc. Maybe yes. it doesn't affect. That, that much. Yes. But because that doesn't happen, as a professional opera singer, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. You need, you know, there are other factors that you need to consider. Including and not limited to, can you walk upstairs on a stage? Yeah, absolutely. But I'd say if we're just talking
1: about your chords coming together and making a nice sound as air goes out. Yeah. You know, I think you can be fat or skinny and be able to do that. You fat or skinny, not. sure. And and,
0: I, and I've and if you lose weight. Yes. It doesn't get better or worse. But you. but you can also be strong and be fat. You can also be strong and be skinny. Yeah, so you do think that there is? You do need to be strong in order to sing well. Oh
1: yeah, well, you yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what I was asking you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, you win, Michael. Listen
0: <laughs> 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 listen all that snarl, because we're strong. <laughs> yeah so i is, that's the thing is like I don't care about like, if I was if I was yeah. behind the table I'd be like i don't care fat I just want you to sing really well and act well and just yeah. move if you need well. to
2: look strong you can be strong it doesn't matter yeah
1: what
0: but but as a masterful singer strength you do need strength to be able to sing
1: yeah absolutely I mean, it, it, it is at this point you know being 40 and sort of seeing people skyrocket to the top and then sort of have a as equally quickly a meteoric a meteoric fall, you realize that this career is more of a marathon than a sprint <laughs> so i mean even for i mean i've lost weight i've gained weight i've always kind of been a bit of a roller coaster personally with weight gain and loss and um it's all about making sure that the voice is lined up yeah you know because at the end of the day that's really all that matters because i mean it, it's it's hard to it's hard to see. Better-looking people getting jobs over better-sounding people. Yeah. But it happens. It happens a lot, and it still happens. And um. But this, I mean, really, this is this career. It'll eat you up, man. So you just got to do the best for you, you know, and and know that. At the end of the day, you singing well is the thing that's going to propel you forward. You know, you singing well with six packs is going to be even better. But you singing poorly with six packs, is not going to sustain you. Right. So you might get a few jobs, and you might feel like things are going well for you, but if all of a sudden the singing tail's off, your six-packs aren't going to keep you at the top. Right. Your voice will. Right. Who are your favorite singers? I love Ren Turfle. <laughs> he's so easy, he's and so it just gets bad. out there. Um, There's no
2: effort. It looks like absolutely no effort.
1: Yeah. He's such a... He's, he's, a, he's a great dude. And... Um, <laughs>
0: I love him he's, yeah. I, really love, him. I yeah, love him because I love him so much yeah he's um, that's like a type, he's yeah we could probably have a poster of him in, in our yeah. house. I mean I don't know we could go old we could go now let just yeah all Let's of it
1: stay, well, I want to stay current you know okay. because these are people I've heard live and I find that a lot of recordings don't represent singers as well as a live totally. as hearing them live so I'll talk about people I've heard live you know who killed it the other night who I've heard before and not been as impressed with until I heard him in uh, AIDA. Young Hoon, you know the the Korean tenor? Tenor? Yeah, Yeah, in uh, AIDA. His voice, I mean, I'll just talk about the positives, man. It was just this column of sound and he modified vowels that didn't sound very Italian to make it always sound present and oriented, which I like to be a little on the opposite, not opposite end, but a little further down the line. I like the vowels to be a little purer than he made them. But God what a sound he made the other day in Aida and uh, anyway um, he was amazing I'm, I, I shouldn't talk about people I've just recently heard but um, um, God I love On a Tripco I heard her last night her. you know I've worked with her she's just the nicest colleague fearless just,
2: actress such a fearless yeah, but, performer you know
1: I'll get a perfect story of her it's like because I've seen some deeper moments you know yeah. and Devo moments we were doing Bohem at Royal Opera House Covent Garden and she's singing, it, act four, on the bed, singing her scene when everybody goes off stage and it's just her and Rodolfo on the bed. And we're all just, like, enraptured in how beautifully she's singing this. And she stops, and she's like, oh. like, I'm thinking, oh, she's acting, what's going on? She's like, Maestro, I'm so sorry. My corset is so tight. Can someone help me unloosen this? Yeah, And it's like, just like, she's not like, Damn it! This corset is too tight. Who can put this on? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, she's yeah. like yeah. she's <laughs> just that sweet of a person. She is just anyway. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Monster voice. It's it's so easy to name really famous people though. I want to name people. Oh, there's this young kid, Levi Strauss. He's this Af- you know he's not African American. He's actually African. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's from South Africa. I
0: Dude, why are they so... Levi South Strauss. Africa? Yeah, I have met, a, and I know of a bunch of people from South Africa who just have monster voices. Yeah, he's but he's a
1: Rossini tenor. He's not even a monster voice. It's just beautiful line. I mean, there's this young kid Robert Watson out there singing a Deutsche Oper Berlin. Tosca with him awesome. coming. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he's Yeah, he's he's a great singer. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm all about throwing it forward, yeah. really, and
0: saying, let's make this great. Let's yeah. make opera great, man. Let's just hire the best singers we can find. You yeah. know? Speaking of Bongani, if you're listening to this dude, we gotta get you over here singing. My <laughs> South African friend. He just is yeah. the most it's the craziest baritone voice I've ever heard. Yeah. I love that guy singing. And the guy. Bring him on. Alright, okay, I got a question for you. Tell me about Dmitry Vorostovsky. Did you ever hear him live? Did you ever work with yeah, him? Yeah, I did. What was that like? Um
1: He's Super nice dude. Like, super nice. He's he was one of those people that you saw and you knew he was famous. <laughs> you hair. know? The yeah, hair he's and he's not as tall as he is on stage. He's actually he wasn't super tall and so get out of here. Reports
0: reports say he's like your height. God no. Not even close. Um, I think I might be blushing or fainting. Oh my god! No. And, and the funny
1: thing is, is it, he had really skinny legs,
0: so like blushes again. Yeah, you know. And
1: so, but I mean, no, uh, he was he was awesome. You know, honestly, if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be straight up honest, he recorded so well because he's got this dark richness to his sound, yeah. kind of like what I was talking about earlier—the forward ping point sound With? and the covered, yeah, well, Shadow the, yeah, exactly. And then you've got this sort of covered sound. He had a very covered sound that carried well but i always found his voice to be medium to medium loud in the house not just so if you got soft medium la- and and heavy yeah. loud or big very loud i found it to be medium to medium extra loud so mm-hmm. it was never like busting the walls down but it was always consistent and everything sounded
0: attached to everything yes. else That's like what i Fancy noticed about you're singing i was like one one day in rehearsal i was like your bottom sounds like as as aurally, you know present as your top well thank you i really appreciate it that's like one one of the biggest compliments it's like perfectly optimized resonance yeah so so you were you were a dimitri fan oh yeah i don't i mean yeah it's not even up for debate they weren't i just you know i just i'm like i'm really fascinated by by because i never i never got to to hear him live and for me uh dimitri was like the reason that I became an opera singer when I was like, do I want to become, and actually Caroline and I both, it's this production of Onegin was like a, a turning point for both of us wanting to be opera singers. But to me, I remember when I was first like had the choice of like, do I want to do this or this? I was, I listened to a musical and I was like, I could not see myself in this musical. And then I was like, well, what opera should I watch? And so I watched the the 07 production of him and Renee. Yeah. The Onegin, and I just remember the last scene when she leaves and he's like oh my god what has my life become and he you know cries out and the curtain comes CG. down. I was just hit with such emotion and then I was so I continued to be so struck by and inspired by Dimitri as a person and like his journey through you know grappling with fame, sobriety and then just becoming a great artist and and person and you know like how he dealt with you know, or just like saying like I don't really have I don't really study anymore. I study great older baritones and I just learned from them I was like that's that's the kind of guy I want to be like yeah so he was he was one of the voices who else for you uh, Nina Stemma absolutely uh,
1: I haven't heard her a lot she's I mean she's an, see, see, it's funny she's the one I thought of when you thought workout equals big voice cause she's this little teeny teeny thing yes. singing the Electra. biggest yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in the rap uh, yeah
0: she just Blows it. I out. bet she's strong as an ox.
2: She though. does. She says she does Pilates like three or four mm. times a week, and that she, her I core is it. just, just absolutely made of steel.
1: Yeah. And she talks
2: it. about it. She talks about it as just being a good mental resource for her, and obviously just critical to yeah. her. You know
1: who's a voice lesson in the voice is Matthew Polansani. Really? Good God! It is. Sp- it's perfect. It's one of the few perfect voices I've heard out there. That literally everything is lined up. It's calculatedly perfect. He sings... He marks the aria. And it's like one of the most beautiful things <laughs> I've ever heard. You know? And and really... I Because I, I I went into this whole thing saying that I have the best aria in the show. However, I think when Matt Polansani sings it himself, it's probably up there with my aria. Just because he's singing it. It's incredible. No kidding. God. And, and you know, I heard him... What did I say i hear him sing? I think it was Romeo and Juliet or something. And he... He sang the end of the Aria, he sang what is a high C, I think, or something, and he sang it fortissimo and was able to back off to pianissimo. Like in the set. I mean, nobody nobody does that. Especially baritones. I'm trying to bring that back actually. Yeah. I'm trying to bring
0: Day Crescindo on a high note back into the baritone repertoire. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that, I, remember, I, remember, I remember hearing that through the through the speakers. I was sitting down in the dressing room and at the end of Di Provenza I remember hearing like you didn't like go all the way down, but there was definitely like you hit it and then you backed off and then you went for it and like gave like a double fortissimo. Yeah. Yeah. Fortissimo. I'm trying to bring that back,
1: yeah. you know, or, or make it exist in the first place. Because not many people do it. But sopranos and tenors do it all the time. All Why the time. can't we do it as baritones, right. you know? Yeah. And it takes a lot of concentration and effort to do it. Yeah. But we should be able to do it as a voice stop. We shouldn't just be fortissimo Relegated. every time we're above any natural.
0: Relegated to tenors. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, I, Yeah. What's, um, what is the next, like, big, I'll just say it, what's the next big Verity thing that you want to take on? Because I think there's a lot of room, you know, for those high notes to be flexible like that. I'm thinking specifically right now of, uh, the end of Area 2, you know, there's Mm. that, that high F would be perfect to go from little pianissimo into something big, or vice versa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just make a decision. Yeah. You know, like, Crescendo or something just make music. at the At the end of the day, make music and make it beautiful. So if you're gonna, don't don't get caught up with like, oh, I'm gonna. Should I crescendo or decrescendo on this note? The fact that you have thought about that at all means you're making music. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'd say uh, Rodrigo and Don Carlo Ooh. is probably my next big thing to do. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, there there's there's a there's a there's a pathway for a young Verdi baritone you know you don't just go straight to iago and Rigoletto. right you know you gotta sing traviata first you gotta sing don carlo you gotta sing ford and falstaff you know mm. so uh, i'm 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 currently doing those and working in the direction of like forza del destino or Dude. things like that love that opera yeah what a, a overture
0: it's probably that in dutch mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. overtures is uh, Bryn Turfle still doing Falstaff? I don't know to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn! Can, can you guys do Ford and Falstaff? Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be uh, wicked.
1: He might pick out. <laughs> what, uh... <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Say. You ready for the podcast with a special guest star? <laughs> special guest Bryn Turfle. Where is he
0: right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I texted him when I, when I found I was having a kid. He was really... Aw. Oh, maybe he's doing... Sweeney. Are they done doing Sweeney? I have no idea. Would you jump into any musicals? Absolutely. Carousel, Are you kidding me? Of course. Carousel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, dude, Carousel. I don't know why people don't hire me to
1: sing Carousel. I would love
0: to sing Carousel. You've got that recording online. You crush uh, it.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I, I love Carousel so much. Billy Bigelow has always spoken to me. I've done the show, I was the second policeman. As a matter of fact, the role of the second policeman, I saw it on Broadway here, and uh, the role of the second policeman was cut, and they just gave it to one policeman. I was like, come on, second policeman!
0: So who knows, maybe I could be the second policeman if they bring it back in Broadway. things think so. Yeah. They could create the role for me. I want to hear you sing, I mean, yes, yeah, soliloquy, but I want to hear you rip Highest Judge of All apart. Yeah. That's a badass song. It's so such a great piece. You'd want to get, get soliloquy? What else would you want to do? I mean, just the whole canon? Wait, uh, I definitely want to... Les Oklahoma, like, like, ooh, now Val- wait, now Lame is as Valjean or Javert. Uh, Valjean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's that awesome. Be, that, yeah. That's and that's a guy who also has to be the only description is well you, you, at least as far as I know from the show, you gotta be able to do something look like you could do something incredibly strong, like lift up that car. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. have to be ripped. Although Ramin Caramel, you follow Ramin Caramelou at all? No. Oh man, this is one of my favorite favorite voices and just, just cool people. Um he was Valjean for a long time on Broadway and did some other stuff in that world. And uh I guess the story goes that like Cameron McIntosh is like walking by his dressing room and he goes, Oh, someone's in their thirties now, darling and you know was saying he's getting a little bit soft. So I mean Karen Lou just goes like full bore and is like one of the most jacked human beings I've ever seen in my whole life and sings like nobody's business. Just does things with your voice that like I mean, it's just amazing, yeah. And, and it's very like polarizing. Like people either love it or they are like, Ugh, "I don't like that. It's not for me. Yeah. not for their taste." Totally to my taste.
1: Yeah. He, it's funny as you're talking about somebody that's Jack. I'm thinking Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. I would yeah. love <laughs> yes! to play Gaston. I wouldn't. I don't know if. Uh, sorry, my wife is reaching out. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I would. I sing with her. The yeah. the, the, the the me. Yeah. The, yeah. Me. Yeah. And she does all the bell lines. Oh, I'm sure that's perfect. Unbelievable. <laughs> Inconceivable.
0: <laughs> I'm not hearing this. You know who really has, what you guys should do next? The best Gaston music, and I think it's the best song in the show. It's very close to my heart because it was the first, like, it was kind of the the thing that made me want to be a performer for real was uh-huh. Gaston in high school. Um, is the mob song. No, I no, no. No. The, no. Through the mist, oh, through the wood, through, earth, through no, the darkness. Because oh. you get a growl down there and then you also, like, have the whole chorus where you're just like, Who's coming with me? And then you get like yeah. this huge roar, and they're like, I am. You get to rip low A's and high F's, and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, oh. you should definitely do that. You know
1: what got me into it? Hmm. Jekyll and Hyde. Oh my God. Totally Jekyll and Bob, Hyde.
0: Bob Cuccioli, man. Oh. oh, Jesus, he's amazing. Dude, that's a. That aria where it's. A, for I live inside you forever. Aria. No! It's so yeah. good. And that, like, oh. if, you, if you don't have anything to sing for the next two days, that's a really great way to just Oh, yeah, the exactly. Or if
1: you're David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen
2: that one. That one's a yeah. view.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, God. what do you
2: have coming up?
1: What do I have coming up? I've got more Bohems. I'm doing a recording of Thais. Nice. Uh, I, am, I just was announced as the uh, artist in residence at UNC Chapel Hill. Which is, actually, it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe we can book in this uh, with the, one of the first questions you asked me is why, like, what I'm doing to sort of propel things forward. And a few years ago, I decided I'd have more of a social media presence to start the blog because right. I realized there was, there was no one out there telling it like it is, yes. really. And so that's why I did it. And the whole point is that, again, if I get kicked in the throat, I want to be able to provide for my family. And so I'm making this direction to say that if one day that happens, I can teach and totally. I can help young artists in a way that is you know that's real and palpable and, and, and sort of on the money with where we are right now because you have a lot of very famous people out there teaching who might be 20 years outside the career who like me when I you know I'm sort of getting there where I'm yeah. a little dated with my current information on young artist programs because I haven't been in one in so long right so but at the same time I I've also sung on major houses like right F-
0: you're you're House. where we're yeah. trying
1: to go Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like I have a lot to add to the the mix in that way. And so I did. I started all this because I wanted to put myself out there in as many ways as possible. And so you know, the blog, the Insta, the Facebook,
0: the yeah. Twitter, and all that sort of happened because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think like you're totally at a position like where you're offering basically or like building towards offering mentorship from a place that is like totally. Founded, it's like you have walked the walk yeah. from every stage, like from you know making it on your own, going through yaps, having ups and downs, yeah. and like figuring out how to sing.
1: Yeah. So what Which is being is so an
2: bloody. artist? What does being an artist in residence entail?
1: It means I'm going to go for one week a year. Right now, we're starting off at one week. We were going to do two, but I had a gig come up, and I had to cancel the first week. So, But I don't know why I told you that. It's a little involved, but moving <laughs> on. Uh, one week, I'm going to go. I'm going to sing a recital down in Chapel Hill, and I'm going to work with their students for a week. I'm giving three master classes and working for two days doing coaching sessions with them. My wife's going to be helping as well. She's nice. part of the package, mm-hmm. and uh, she's an amazing collaborative pianist. And um, So yeah, we're doing that, and... Um, It's really cool. I cannot wait to start. I can't wait to hear these young singers and to to work with them and to
0: do all I can for them, really. I can't wait to see your studio blow up. It's going to be awesome. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know, because honestly, I
1: I feel like voice teachers these days, not all, but colleges especially, they just take anybody because if you can pay tuition, you're a
0: viable option for them. And then you're also telling somebody, there's so many dangers that it's such an irresponsible move
1: yeah exactly so uh, it's not that i'm the one to tell anyone whether or not they can make a career i'm not trying to say i'm that guy i would like to be the guy that doesn't i wouldn't i wouldn't accept people in my studio that aren't that i don't believe in yeah. is what i'm saying you know and i and i have that that leeway first of all i don't have a studio yeah. you know i i really just teach when i kind of feel like it. i give it a give away you know some lessons on instagram here and there but I don't have a studio, you know, but if I were to start one, it would be people I believed in and I don't need their money. You know, I'm not trying to make money off of kids. Right. You know, because I was that kid, you know. However, at the same time, you have to quantify, qualify and quantify yourself in a financial way that says, I have this information that's taken me a long time to gain. Therefore, I'm worth this much money. Because honestly, what I charge for a lesson, I feel like, if I were to charge what I, I feel it's worth, it would be more than what I charged, but I still charge a lot. So, right. I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard for me. Every time I do, I feel like, you know what this struggle is like, you know? That's why I only take people that I know are going to make it, yeah. you know? Or at least going to give it a goddamn good shot, yeah. you know? And I t- only those are the only people I work with. And... uh not that I'm against working with other people. I just don't want to... No, but you want
0: to you work with people who like, you know, when I accept people into my, into my coaching program, I literally, I will only work with somebody and I will find out if you listen to this, if you are just saying this because you know this, if you're not a 10, I will not work with you. Yeah. Because there is just a level of hesitancy or like a 10 on like one to 10. How bad do you want to change? How bad do you want to get these results? Yeah. And okay. if you, if you want a 10... You know, it's, it's not fun to work with you. And you're yeah, not going to okay. it's
1: it. But I'm not working with people for fun. Oh, it is fun. I do have a great time doing it. I'm doing it because I want to help, you know. Yeah. And I want to I, 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 I pass on this information. You know, I have a lot of information I feel I can pass on. And if I were to start a studio, you would know that anyone in that studio you listened to was a good singer before mm-hmm. you heard them. Mm-hmm. Because they wouldn't be in the studio unless they were. Right. Yeah. You know, and I feel that's the difference between a lot of voice studios these days is uh, that some you know and I get that because if you're just a voice teacher not ju- I don't mean that in a negative way I mean that if that's your your main line of work and you're teaching voice most of the time, you got to make that money and you should make that money because who knows if you're a seven now you could that's not doesn't mean totally. you won't be a ten right yeah, totally. oh I didn't mean a ten yeah. in terms of
0: quality I meant ten in terms of desire to, oh desire, desire, desire sure. to implement what what is being taught yeah, but
1: even if you're not at a high level you're nineteen years old and you've got all the all the talent coming out of your right. butt, but you're not there yet. That's you do need a voice teacher. If you're 30 and you have that, you need a voice totally. teacher. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm I want to help people. I, I could never have a huge studio, you know. Yeah. So it would have to be very specialized. I don't even know what I'm talking because about. This you, because
0: because you want to you want to make sure that that you are able to serve everybody who comes into your studio at the level that you want to that you think will get the results exactly, and that you think that they deserve, but in a way that makes sense for you. Yeah,
1: and I'm making it about me. So I can make it all about them. Yes, that you know, that's sense. really it. You know, it's not—it's not about me. You know, it's about me wanting to really be able to help people, and it feels so good to do that. You know, yeah. so
0: that's it, man. You—you've so- you've reached it on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're giving back. <laughs> hey yo, so
2: where can people find you? Where can they find your blog? Where can they?
1: Oh yeah, it's called the dot com, and you can find it there. And actually, I've been thinking about combining a few of my favorites together and making a book, but who the hell's going to buy it? You know, I'll sell like 150 and then it's like, <laughs> I'll just be happy. I'll have it on my table, my coffee yeah. table at home. You know, but I don't know. I think you should definitely do that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, making something that's already free and out there into a book, you know, it's like, yeah, it'd just be kind of a novelist thing. You'd be but. like
2: the Carrie Bradshaw Yeah. Opera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, she I, has a book in the by show. By the way, I love that reference and am a huge fan. So, uh,
2: Do you would see, just one last question, do you yeah. see the blog transitioning in any content way towards, if, should you transition to, more teaching would you see the blog transitioning towards a resource for teachers or do you continue do you see it continuing to be a resource for singers
1: Uh, honestly I never think from that angle I always think what if, what do I want to tell yeah what what is an interesting question to answer hmm you know and uh, so I, I never think of who I'm helping Totally. I think about what I have expertise in talking about yeah you know and what have I experienced and uh, honestly, my favorite blogs to write are the That Time When blogs, uh, and those are the least, those are some of the least read ones, but I have to say, I love those because they're true stories about me just being either an idiot or just like, you know, not understanding things and sort of learning and growing yeah. through the process of, you know, which is all how I gained the information that I write the other stuff Totally. About. You know, so, uh, yeah, I guess I go about it from a totally different perspective and just think, how can I help, really? Yeah. Yeah. You
0: that's know? That's awesome. Well, thanks man. Anyway. I appreciate so, it. So, baritoneblog.com, Lucas Meacham on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, it's pretty really right. easy to find me. Lucas. Thank Dude, you so this, much was awesome, yeah, this, this was awesome, man. So glad to have you on here. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yes. Impossible Burger, here we go. Yeah.